V-O-P-P, the greatest podcast in the galaxy. We're back. We've been away for a little bit. Little winter hiatus. 973-358-5428. Leave a message. How you doing? Next guest is my cousin David. My grandmother had 10 grandkids. I'm numero uno. David is in the middle. And then we have little ones that are like seven years old. I kid you not. So he and I get together. We shoot the shit for a little bit. I think you guys will enjoy it. Once again, my cousin David. Twitter, you know, Twitter, I can't believe Twitter is free. Twitter is amazing. I love Twitter. <laughs> I love Twitter. Twitter's amazing. But, yeah. Uh, I agree. Twitter for the most part. I agree. I still haven't, I, I can't, yeah. The gram I can't I can't do. I just I tried and it just there's something about it doesn't it doesn't connect with me. But uh yeah, but Twitter I use. I still use. I use it for like stocks, I use it actually I use it for all of my news. That's where I um exactly. exactly. That's where I found out Michael Jackson died. I was at work on Twitter. I swear to you. I was at work on Twitter and it, it came through on a couple of people that I followed. And I was working in this cube and I stood over the cube and I was like, yo, dude, Michael Jackson just died. And this guy next to me was like, you have no clue what you're talking about. And he's looking online. He's like, there's nothing about it here. You're lying. And then half an hour later, he's like, oh, my God, Michael Jackson's dead. Yeah. Mm. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I like it. Yo, I have a question. Yep. There was this one day your family was having a function at your house. And, I, and your mom was beating all the kids up and your dad was partaking and beating all the kids up. And I was scared. And I said, what, what's going on here? Is this what, what happens at your house all the time? Wait, wait, wait. wait. I don't know this story. Tell me the story. Cause I, I, I need to know. I, I, I'm very interested in stories of myself as a, as a child. Yes. You know? and then, but I'm also interested because there, there's two. There's like one story in particular. Because I remember... I was told to go get you because dinner was ready and I went to go bang on the door and you were answering the door. And then I come back downstairs, like he's not answering. They're like, go get him. And I come back upstairs and then you hit me in my stomach. <laughs> and I, you slammed the door. And I was like, I like curled out on the ground and I was like, fuck you. And I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> and I go back downstairs and I try to just eat it. And I was like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. Like, he's gonna he's not feeling well. He's gonna come downstairs soon. <laughs> and I was so mad at you. But I ate it because a few years earlier, you like came to my uh my confirmation, right? Yes. And and then you you um bought me this awesome GameCube. Oh and yeah. I was, and I was like, yo, my cousin is the shit. Like, what? <laughs> Like, loved it. Resident Evil, one of the scariest games ever. It took me, like, forever to beat it because I was so pussy. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I was so scared. <laughs> All cursing is allowed on the OP. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's but, yeah, that was, like, uh, that was a fond memory. Yeah, I, I couldn't, you know. Well, I, let me apologize for it, but I, I'll tell you what. I have no recollection whatsoever of that. <laughs> Oh, punching me in the stomach? Yeah, not at all. Oh, yeah, man. It was cool. I mean, I thought it I mean, I thought it obnoxious. Like, I think about it now. Like, I was probably this age now. And you're, like, knocking on my door. I was like, yo, leave me alone. <laughs> and then I come back. And then it's like, yo, all right. You know, I'm the I'm the big cousin. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo. 
like, like, leave me alone. I'll come out there in a second, chill out, smile. Like, 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 what are you doing? Like, I, I wouldn't even. I'm not even mad. Like, but that did happen as as a as a, as a kid. You know, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> oh man, so you had good times at my house. That's good. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, I always had uh, good times at at your house with uh, your mom's too. It was your, like we spoke about Rodini already. So mm-hmm. you, Rodini and your mom's. Whenever I would go over, it was like the most fun, the best times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, your mom's spot was always like, because I mean, I, I guess I mean you you were around a little bit and you saw how we we lived and you you hung out with us, but it was rough. And I think you got a little taste of it from listening to you listen to my sisters. Yeah. Did you listen to both of their pods or just? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. yeah. So you got a little taste of uh, yeah. <laughs> what it was growing up with us in yeah. our household. It was, yeah, that was you no. Know, you know, that story when they were like driving up and like you were like working on the houses. <laughs> oh my god, that's so many of those those awful house. So here's another awful house story. So yeah. my, like I had told in the past, my dad was a slumlord. He owned uh, three three um, slumlord. Three houses, three apartment houses in Newark, totaling that was twelve twelve units in total in Newark, and then three in uh, like a one unit in or one house in East Orange, or three family in East Orange, or three family in Irvington. the The, the three family in East Orange was actually beautiful. It's beautiful. That place was huge. Um, it was on a quiet street. Very nice. But, but, but the tenant on the second floor at the time paid his rent all the time, but, but he was like 500 pounds. I kid you not. What? He was like, he was like, how do you get upstairs? Exactly. Danger, (laughs) dangerville for everybody on the first floor. Like that kind of heavy, dangerously heavy. Like, you know like we hear the nader upstairs and there's a chance, like, if I'm sleeping in bed, he might come crashing through <laughs> and killing my entire family dangerous. So there's this guy and he, you know, is a dad as well, I think. So he had a few kids. Calls my dad up as the landlord. He's like, uh, yeah, I got this issue with my toilets, like mad backed up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> My dad's like, ah, so what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to be 13 years old and, and chill out and, and look at Playboys on the sneak. What do you mean? What am I doing? He's like, ah, I need you to come. So he snatches me up. We ride over to East Orange. We go to the basement. And we get, um, my dad had an electric uh, snake. So yeah. it was like, if you can imagine like a, those garden, like a garden hose on the side of a house, it's always yeah. like wrapped up on the on that spool. Yeah. So that's basically how it was. Okay. And what you basically did is you took it, plugged it in the wall, and you basically let the snake, like a hose, into into an into like a drain. So that's what we did. He went to the basement. He unscrewed this this like uh, this little cap in the basement, which I later found out was the sewer cap. And he puts the snake in front of it, 
he sits down. He's like, okay, this is how the snake works. <laughs> and he's like, presses a button and it lets the snake out and it starts spinning in, in, a, in kind of like a, cl- a clockwise rotation fashion. Yeah. Next down. And I think it was like a hundred foot snake. So it, it, you could get pretty deep in there. And then that's how you're doing. You see how it works? You know, hit this model and it goes down. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Is it okay? Sit here. And I sat there. He's like, okay, I'll be back in one hour. <laughs> oh, what? And he bounces. And I start snaking. But I'm thinking, you know, no big deal. It's not a big deal. I have rubber gloves on. And yeah. this, it, it actually, there was no smell at all. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> the snake actually started working. And there was shit flying everywhere. What? Everywhere. That's like what? this 500-pound dude was taking 100-pound shits every oh night. God. Oh, my God. It was flying Oh, everywhere. my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, the- <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> my cousin just said, oh, my God, seven times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that was that was uh, one of the, my more fond. Uh, yeah. How was that drive home? Oh my god. Oh, did you get the clock out? <laughs> like I think so. I think so. And I think we had to do that a couple of times. Big duty the big duty champion. He had to keep filling it up. Yeah. Oh. Boy, bananas. Boy. Bananas, bananas. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of any other ones. Oh, there was a oh my god. This is with Fernando actually. My dad uh he was like, I need you guys that we had a, an apartment in Newark. He's like, yeah. I need you guys to clear the apartment out mm-hmm. and repaint it. It took, I guess it took them months and months to get these folks out of the place because Jersey is a uh, renter's, it's basically a renter's paradise. The renter has all the power in the relationship yeah. between the landlord and a renter in Jersey. So mm-hmm. they can basically skip out on the rent for like six months before you can do anything. So yeah, so these folks had been living there forever and my parents couldn't get them out. They finally got the sheriff to come and put a padlock on the door and kick these folks out. Yeah. Then my dad was like, all right, you and Fernando, you can drive now. So go over there and uh, go clean the place up and repaint it. I was like, all right, yeah, no big deal. We get in this place, dude. And it's, it's like hoarder's paradise. Uh-huh. There's just like garbage everywhere it's like piles and piles and nothing cool yeah (laughs) besides the 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 i kid you not needles and oh cocaine vials and crack vials forget everything burn it yeah and the mice and the, the turds and all that stuff so he and i spent the weekend we started on Friday in the summertime, no AC, and he and I filled oh. up. There, there are different size garbage bags, right? But there's like the big size garbage bag that you use, like when you have a house party, <laughs> you want to yeah. be able to throw away the most amount of bottles. You buy yeah. this black one. We had eighty, eighty of these big black garbage bags, wow. 80, filled up our, you know how you put like the stuff, your, the trash in front of the sidewalk? Yeah. There was not enough room. We had to use the sidewalk in front of the apartment, the sidewalk in front of the neighbor's apartment, and the sidewalk in front of the neighbor next to <laughs> their apartment to fill up all the stuff. 
just clothes, old old electronics. They had like nine dressers in one room. There were like six black and white TVs. It, was, it made no sense. It was crazy. Whoa. Awful, awful, awful. Good times, good times. Oh so, you're, so, you're, so you're going to Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was going to go to Barcelona. Uh, it's unfortunate the time I'm going to be out there. Um, you know, Barcelona is not going to – La Liga is not going to be, you know, yeah. in, in play. So uh, I will – I have an eight-hour layover in Denmark on the way out there. So I'm going to try to see what's going on out there. And then on my return, I have uh, the same layover – but it's in London, so oh nice, yeah. So we'll see. Like I have some some time, but it, the, the the gist of the trip is mostly spending time in Spain, mm-hmm. uh, Barcelona, Madrid. Uh, try to check out the south of Spain. Uh, look into like the Moors and stuff. Nice. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it. I don't. Um, How? Yeah. Uh, when is it? So I leave from JFK on the 27th and oh of uh, this month yeah oh oh wow yeah oh that's fantastic and, and then i return on the 6th okay i'm sorry the 7th all right yeah so that's not bad that's like a good 10 days or so yeah sure. not bad not bad not bad mm-hmm. So, and, like, tell me what I should check out while I'm out there. I mean, oh, I mean, how many times have you been out there? Oh, man. To Barcelona, not that often, actually. I've only really? been to Barcelona. I think my parents took me when I was very, very young. I was, like, five, five, maybe younger. I think I was, like, four years old. It's one of my oh, earlier memories. Is take like, me through that. I don't, I don't remember much. I just okay. remember... Um, <laughs> the only actually the only memory i have is my dad's cousin at the time they were joking around or something and uh-huh. i remember again i was four years old but okay. i remember my cousin like running like walking up the stairs rather briskly and my father going behind him and kicking him in his ass <laughs> why was he doing that I, I, who knows who knows <laughs> Okay. That was one of my earlier memories. So that okay. I went when I was like four, maybe, and then I went again. I went. Uh, now it's been like uh, twelve years. I went because I wanted to see my dad's mother, okay, my other grandmother before she passed away. So I went to Madrid. I landed in Madrid, hung out there for a couple of days, flew out to Equatorial Guinea. Spent oh spent uh yeah she wasn't in barcelona at the time she was back home because she was kind of starting to lose it too she had like dementia and stuff so i was there for like 10 days and then on my way back i flew to barcelona and spent uh a few days up there with my cousins up there and partied champagne champagne (laughs) champagne and then campaigning that was that was a lot of fun okay and then uh yeah i came back but yeah most of the time i would either go to to Madrid and hang out with uh, Paco and the two boys, Miguel and Hugo. Oh, so, so I try to link with them when I go to Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Mig- I mean, it's all good. Yeah, Miguel, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll give you his uh, contact information so you can get in touch with him. And he, his English is very good, so okay, so he can show you around and stuff. Um, and then they had a vacation house out in the north. 
the northwest in Galicia, like above Portugal. So I'd uh, been up there, I think I was 15, the summer of my sophomore year I went there, and then summer of my junior yeah. year I went up there. Yeah, that was – I mean, the Spaniards – the Spaniards, I guess well, part of it is city life. I think, mm-hmm. you know, city kids grow up a little bit faster than than folks who live like us who live, grew up in the suburbs. So, yeah. you know, you're exposed to a lot more. You're doing a lot more things on your own. So yeah. there's that. And then, yeah, the Spaniards are just, they're nuts. They're, <laughs> they're just so crazy. <laughs> we went to a bar um, in Madrid. I must have been like 23, barely. Well, there was no real drinking age over there. Like what happened when you were 15? Like were you going to the bars then? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's so funny because it's not a – it's a big deal for us here because it's it's so restricted and we're not allowed to do anything. But over there, it's like no big deal. People are – you know, by the time you're 21, you're not drinking like we drank to get – wasted you're just drinking to have a good time and hang out that's how they can go out every night in spain you just have like a drink or two and hang out but yeah we went to this bar (laughs) and uh, at the time i don't know why but i used to carry a little camera with me everywhere and this was before digital cameras this was so we're we're talking like 20 years ago i used to carry this little camera with me and take snapshots all the time and um we're in this bar and it was like two halves. It was separated by a big archway. And we're in the one half where the bar is. The other half is like, um, it's like a restaurant with uh, tables and chairs and stuff. But it's late, okay. so the restaurant's closed. Okay. But all of a sudden, I hear like, you know, two guys like arguing and like cursing in Spanish. And then I start hearing like chairs moving and stuff. <laughs> and I look over and... Yeah. I, so I grabbed the camera, I guess, from the sound, and I look over, and I snapped. I have to find the pictures. The perfect shot. It's a guy. Like, it's like an old Western movie, I swear to you. He has a chair over his head, and he's about to slam it down on another guy's back. What? Yup, and there's like, there's like six of them fighting each other. Chair battle, table battle, oh, grabbing what? a table, slamming it. All you hear is like, crack, crack, crack. And what? then you, you see like a flash from my camera. And then all of a sudden this guy screams, ¿Quién es este gilipollas que está tomando fotos? Like, who the fuck is this what? idiot who's taking photos? What? So I slid that camera in my pocket. Pretended <laughs> like I didn't know what was going on. And I was afraid of that, I'm and it, it got developed, and it was per- it was like the perfect shot. It was amazing. I gotta I gotta figure out what I did with that thing. It was yeah, amazing. Oh lord, that's good times. Scrap- that's for the scrapbook. Oh, oh yeah, good times. But I have to put you. I'll put you in contact with Miguel, and I'll see if um, I mean I've been I was in contact with uh, Fernando, my cousin. He's in. I'm pretty sure he's in Africa right now. So, but I'll text him and see if there's anybody in Barcelona that you can link up with. I don't think anybody really speaks English, but I think you'll you'll figure out something with them. No, I mean so, I, spoke your, I spoke to your pops, and he was just like, he was like, oh, uh, he told me he told me to, where to go in Madrid and ask for a guy named Victor, and, I, and he gave me a number, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? That's worth the adventure. I might as well just check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm making it. I'll make a note about Miguel. He's a, if he's in, cause he travels, he's, you know, he's a musician and he's playing and traveling all the time, but oh, if nice. he's around, he'll definitely link up with you. And he remember, I'm sure he remembers you too. 
from uh, from come because he was over here a few times. So mm. yeah, but, definitely. But I was like a I was like a, a a wee child. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The, no, the last time maybe you didn't see him. The last time he was here like five years ago, because um, he and his band were playing in uh, Central Park. So they played for like a week, and uh, he stayed at our place and stuff. So, yeah, he was here pretty recently. All good, all good. I want to ask you about something. I want to ask you about growing up. I want to ask you about your childhood and what what it was like growing up um, with a single mother. What was that experience like for you? Uh, I mean, I, I, I never felt like, like anything was like missing or, or lacking or anything. Like, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed every minute of my childhood. Like every day was cool. I looked forward to waking up. You know, I remember one day I got mad at my mom because she didn't kiss me goodbye before she went to work. <laughs> and I was like really mad. I was like really passive aggressive towards her when she got home and she was like, something's up. You usually ask me a million questions when I get home from work. And I was like, you didn't kiss me goodbye. You went to work. And I can't believe it. She was like, I was in a hurry. I'm so sorry. She gave me all these kisses and I was like, it's okay. That's um, but like, um, you know, we had, we had a babysitter growing up. Um, like I don't, I, there's never a point where I remember recall my parents ever being together because they separated at, at, I guess, such a young age for me. How old were you? I want to say I was two. I think my mom said I was two and Marielle was four. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize you were so young. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, so you probably have way more experiences with my my father than I do. Um, yeah. I mean, well, like, you probably know him more around, like, more so than, like, with my mom to and him together more so than me, you know, them knowing them together. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, like you're, it was hanging out with Rodini and hanging out with your mother and yeah. your mother, it, it included your father. Yes. So when year were you born? You were born in 90? 91. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so you were four and I was, or you were two and I was 17. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, and so I yeah. When I used to go over there, I, I would have a ball. I, I can't. Yeah. I would have a ball. Your your parents were. The, it was. Yeah. It was the best. It was a lot of fun. They were both yeah. super carefree. Yeah. Super loving. Um, yeah. Good yeah. with good with each other as well. Um, yeah, I never really saw them going going at it with each other. And then your your dad, because so again, your father would come out to the Poconos with us too. So. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the Poconos was always a party. There was always stuff going on. And but I, I don't remember the Poconos trips with my father being there, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like... Um, Before I, I was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember like him playing ball with us and stuff and showing us how to well, shoot a basketball. What did you say? You were in their wedding. That I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't remember. I remember Judy's wedding. I don't remember your mother's wedding. I've yeah. seen the pictures and stuff, but yeah. yeah, a lot of my childhood is blocked out, brother. I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, 
and him being like because at the time you're a little kid so i must have been yeah. whatever four feet tall and your dad was gigantic to to us you know yeah. i don't know are you the same height as him now no he actually has an inch on me oh he does okay yeah yeah, yeah. so he was always huge too so, especially compared to my parents my mother's five one my dad's mm. five seven so he would tower over everybody so mm. but yeah but, but yeah but growing up as like but like the thing is, we'd see, we'd also see our father every other weekend as well. So, but it was just like, like from yeah. from the time you were, let's say, four years old until what? Like, for, like from yeah, from when I was like, yeah, yeah, pretty much, we would like see him every other weekend. Yep. Wow. And then, and then but like you know, the thing is, you know, my mom had like a super cool job. You know what I mean? Like she was a chemist that you know worked. Uh, so take your child to work. They was super awesome. You know, like, yeah. uh, that was always so cool. And, um, uh, and then, uh, you know, like we had, a, we had, a, we had a babysitter that made awesome food. So I would just like watch her cook all the time. And it was, uh, she made us like, you know, make sure we did our homework and just, you know, we, we see our mom every night and when we were old enough, my mom like started preparing us to like, yo, like, she's going to take things out to thaw in, in the sink and we're going to make sure we cook it that night for dinner. So that way, you know, mm -hmm. there's like food because while I wasn't working all day, we got to start tidy, you know, things like that, you know, wow. then she also, you know, developed, you know, breast cancer at a point. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was like a, you know, it was a very, you know, serious moment because this is like our mom. This is like all we know, you know, it's not like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, this is, the one who's always been there for us, you know, you know, yeah. like at least for, I know Mary and I, you know, it was a, you know, a tough time for mom, but we're never going to let mom know that, that that was just like, Oh my God, like mom, like we can't, we can't lose mom. Cause this mm -hmm. is. Yeah. For us. yeah. 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 It's true. You know, I, I, um, we, we never really had that experience in my family, my parents, you know, their bodies are falling apart now, but they, they were mm -hmm. relatively healthy. Um, yeah. all throughout yeah it was really in fact it was really only your mother is the only one that's really been sick like that in the yeah. entire family mm -hmm. yeah yeah that was something else yeah but it's i mean it's great now she's you know alive and healthy and, and everything's good you know i spoke to her the other day yeah and her added and part of it is her attitude too she was always like the <laughs> the most you know what i want to ask you we're gonna get okay. back to we're gonna get back to your father by the way but sure. what i want to ask you is my sisters and i have spoken about this mm -hmm. about the fact that you know for our grandmother's children there's mm -hmm. you know what is it five of them six of them yeah um they were all affected by all the stuff that happened back home in mm -hmm. some sort of way. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you think your mother was affected by everything? If you were to, if you were to speak honestly about that. I think, I think it just made her more observant of things at such a young age because she was maybe exposed to so much so early. Hmm. She just had a head start. Um, I think I don't. I think maybe it it could 
maybe it could affect how she deals with like I don't know. Like I think when things happen, she's so in the zone because you can't really freeze up in the moment that where when things happen, you know, she's just like she's like she's just really in the zone and then like later, like maybe days and weeks down the line, then she like really takes it all in. Mm, interesting. So th- then, it, then it like really eats, not like necessarily eats at her, but then she finally had that cry, that breakdown, you know, just sleeps for days or something <laughs> like that. So like my mom, she'll be a rock for you in your, your deepest moment and everything. But then and she'll carry with you to you heal and all of that. And then once you're healed and you're good to where you don't need to, you know, you're no longer depending on my mom, then she'll just break down. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it is. I think that's what she's learned because she's had to do, I feel like she's had to do that with so many, uh, so man, I don't know. I don't know. No, that's good. That's so, it's funny. They are, they are truly sisters, your mm-hmm. mother and my mother, because it's the, the, the same exact thing with my mother, mm-hmm. the same. And in fact, not only that, my mother is probably a little bit harder <laughs> than your mother in mm-hmm. that, you know, she will shoulder the burden and, and deal with everything and then not have that time down the road where she breaks down and, and you know, yeah. Yeah. and uh, suffers or cries or whatever. She just, you know, deals with it and will have like depression or something and, yeah. and will sleep it off, sleep it off, sleep it off. But yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. It's right. But it, yeah, it's such an interesting thing uh, growing up again, because I was a little older than you. So I was exposed to everybody mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more than you. So everybody from my perspective was affected in their own. We already spoke about my uncle, right? And you talked about mm-hmm. like going up to the attic and, and uh, we used to, that was the thing that Priscilla and I we would always do is pick the lock <laughs> to, <laughs> to his room in the attic and <laughs> let ourselves in. In fact, Priscilla texted me about it, you know, when he passed away. Yeah. She said, like, rest in peace. And she was like, remember how we used to, like, uh, you know, let ourselves into his into his bedroom? And then she was like, why was it so lit in there? <laughs> and I don't know what the answer is to that. Yeah. He had secrets, I guess. And, yeah. You know, to, to making a making it lit but yeah but his whole thing was like he would hide out right he was always hiding hiding from the world always yeah you know you would you would rarely see him outside of his bedroom he would rarely leave the house and yeah and that's how he kind of dealt with stuff yeah and, yeah because uh, like who, who like who knows where he was in that moment when everything went down you know yeah, yeah exactly that's exactly right like like my mom told me like she remembers the day that it happened because the bed, she was like barely tall enough to like hop in the bed. And uh, so she's thinking she correlates it to the fact that she's always had king size mattresses to where she has to like jump into the bed. <laughs> and she, she, she's like correlating, like maybe that had something to do with it. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, whoa, mom. That's heavy. That yeah. is heavy. Man. Here's a question for you. What was your relationship like with your sister? Um, growing up did you guys go to war all the time did you get along all the time well Marion, she used to get in trouble all the time (laughs) all the time and so it was just like i could i would just like watch her and like all right i'm not gonna do that because i see the consequence 
And then I could see how she would get mad at me because I would never get in trouble. But I'm like, Mario, I've already seen that happen. <laughs> like, I, 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 you just did that yesterday. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I still got into my own trouble. You know, I had mad surgeries and stuff. But, like, you know, but I, I've also hurt myself and, and done stuff. But, like, as we, as we got older, it's like I've gotten more reckless and Mario's gotten way more responsible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as a kid, I just remember just watching Mario just, like, I remember she just go in the elevator, just press all the buttons and hop off. And like all these people, and all, like all these people are in the elevator. This is like going to go see our grandmother, and they're just like upset. My mom is just like, "Mario, why would you do that?" And she was like, "Man, how do you know? I was just pressing the buttons for everyone. There were so many people." And it, like her excuse was like legitimate. It was like, "There's all these people in the elevator. I'm pretty sure they got to stop at one of these." It was like something like, that. and it was like, "Whoa, oh my gosh!" I was like, "All right, I'm not gonna press." You know, it's like so, Mary, she got spanked way more than I did. Mm-hmm. And then just one time, wait, you got spanked? Oh, the presses. Well, no, oh, so I mean, that's well, that's no, the one, mean, one, that's really. the no, one that's thing. Just, that's the one thing that your mother has over every single one of her other siblings, and wow. every single one of my father's siblings is that she never hit me ever. Mm-hmm. But I caught a beating from from our grandmother all the way down fofo maxine judy really yes maxine spanked you yes yes i mean when i because he wasn't really around that often but yeah when i was very little i don't remember i mean that i you know millennials man just the beatings, you just you know. Yeah, you, know, you guys just, just name, you, man- name, you managed to you managed yeah. to slide out that extra ten years that you had. Yeah. You managed to escape so. M- I mean, we're talking everybody: Ren, Freddie. Oh my god! Uh, all of the cousins on that side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were exhausted by the time they got to meet. Oh, exactly, exactly. No, no, yeah, no. Like Freddie, no, Freddie used to spank Mariel too. Mariel's bad. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Mario's bad. Yeah, yeah. The the stories that I remember from from her was that she would always, um, your sister would always, at like age four, we're talking age three, age four, would always sneak out of the house, like mm-hmm. find a way to 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 get out of the house. So mm-hmm. she did it once, and your mom found her very close by. Yeah, and was very obviously very worried. She's like, "What the heck is going on? This yeah. kid's like escaping and leaving." Yeah. So she would like put like the chain on the door and all the locks and everything. Yeah. Ariel escaped again, and this time I guess what she did was she brought a chair and dragged it over to the door so she could stand on the chair and unlock everything. And your mom found her. There was like a karate place, yeah, like a mile away. Your mom found her at the dojo. I guess she had been taking lessons there or whatever. She found her there after like a two-hour search or whatever. So your sister, she was wilding out. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's all good though. You know, kids. You know, be out here. But I I just saw that. But there was this one time, you know, where I kind of got spanked, but it wasn't really spanking. Yep. But it, yeah, there was like it was my cousin Timothy and Daphne. They were living with us. I'm not sure if you recall this point, um, but like my dad's sister, yep, they were living with us in South Jersey. I don't know, maybe like two, three years. And uh, Marielle and Timothy were at Mrs. Ellis's house, Mr. Mrs. Ellis's house, and uh, Mary, Timothy, and Mary were throwing rocks at cars. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and Daphne, Daphne and I, same age. Timothy is a year older than Mary. <laughs> and we're like, hey, guys. <laughs> like, stop that, rock that car. That's bad. Because, you know, we're hey, just, how old are you? Uh, I want to say Timothy is like 11, Marielle's 10, and Daphne and I are eight. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So we like Daphne and I like straight up dry snitch because, you know, we didn't want anything bad to happen. <laughs> and then Mr. Rose like, hey, he puts down his cigar and shit. He used to smoke Philly blunts. He would go to this like Roger Wilco and buy five packs of Philly blunts, right? So Mrs. El- it was crazy. This is also the whole story and stuff, but like, so Mr. Ellis <laughs> puts down his cigar, grabs a pillow, you know what I'm saying, grabs a belt. And uh, then he was like, hey, you know, blah, 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 put those rocks down. Like, ah. And then he starts like, you know, he wrangles them up and stuff. He starts whipping them in the street and stuff, all crazy. It was like, it was so crazy. It was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was like uh, Marielle and Timothy. He's like, oh, yeah, like, like those, those rocks, that cars. I know y'all came with friends, y'all daddy miss, and they left y'all here. And then, like, Mrs. Ellis comes right now. She's like, Henry, bring those kids inside. <laughs> not, not like, stop beating those kids. Just bring those kids inside. And I'm like, oh. And then, so they, you know, Mrs., you know, they bring them inside. And then Mr. Mr. Ellis, so, so Mr. Ellis has the pillow, right? And he's like, this is, and then he starts beating uh, uh, Daphne and I with the pillow because apparently we didn't come in fast enough. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we got beat with pillows. <laughs> but then, uh, then they proceed to, like, you know, you know, like, spank them and stuff. And then um, my mom is like, I'm not going to spank you because blah, blah, blah. But, like, Auntie Carol, she spanked Timothy. It's like, oh, no, you the oldest because he's the oldest, I guess. Oh, my God. Throw rocks at cars, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a night. That was a, that was a night. Yeah, there was a spanking in the street, you know. <laughs> oh, those are the best. Yeah, those are the best. The they catch you in the street, either yeah. in the street or in the uh, the supermarket. Those are those are always the best. Oh, oh my god, the supermarket beating where there's not if the beating isn't. Yeah, it is like three so, minutes. You're so yeah. ashamed that the beating doesn't even hurt. You're just ashamed that every all the kids are looking at yeah. you because you just want to stop hollering, just stop bringing attention to it. You know, because like ah. Oh shit! People are like, you know, like, oh shit, yo, like, this good, you know. But anyway, yeah, oh, good. That was a day. That was a day. <laughs> oh lordy, lordy, lordy. Ah, oh, man, on there. So, what else can I talk to you about? If you were to, this is a question I I've been asking a lot recently. If you were to. Oh. If you were to change one thing about your past, what would it be? Hmm. Or we can marinate on that one. If you could change one thing about your present, what would it be? Yeah, I'm hit, hitting you with the hard stuff. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, what would, I, what would I change about my present? Uh, I think, you know, I really, I'm really trying to get my carpentry skills up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, that's really what I want to do. I just need to be more manual, more hands-on. You know, it's, you know, they're, they're. I don't like feeling helpless with certain things. Mm. And uh, like, like you had that training you know, every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
sorry if I'm downplaying this a smidgen. But now, now when like shit breaks, sorry, when things break around the crib, guess what? Are you are you opening the wallet to? Are you are you cracking the phone book? You're goddamn you, right, you I am. Something? No, you're just going on YouTube. Why? Why are you? I mean, you, no, that's, I mean, you still can. That's why. That's why I got a job. So I got paper. So I got pay I mean, somebody to do that. You can pay someone to do it. But it's nothing like you know. At the end of the day, you know, you know what? You can. You can pay someone to do it, or you can do it yourself. You know <laughs> No, okay. The problem is, yeah, the problem is all that stuff soured me to it. All of that it work. soured you to it. Yeah, all that free, all that free work that I was doing, all that slave. Yeah, that, that's priceless. You can't price on that. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can dig into my pocket. How much does that cost? Wait, this isn't priceless, is it? To put this wall up right here, is it priceless? Oh no, it's only two hundred dollars. Hold on a second, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Since I worked sixty hours this week, and it was but here I'll just take this at a that's the yeah. other was energy level. So you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right you're you work, right. and you get home. You have the children, and then it's mm-hmm. eight thirty, nine o'clock. Trying to have a podcast, <laughs> baby's crying. <laughs> gotta gotta end the podcast early. <laughs> Go and see what's up with the baby. Come back. Yeah, so they're, you know, and then on the weekend, it's all about the kids. There's always something. There's birthday parties to take them to. I'm Uber driving these kids everywhere. So, yeah, the energy level to actually do manual labor, forget about it. Forget about it. I'm trying to think, have I done anything? Um, No. I've not done. In fact, I have I have relinquished even more than I used to. I used to do yard work. Yeah, relinquished it. I used to clean the house. Oh, so you're like stimulating the economy, pretty much. You got it. Somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to. The economy's beautiful. The economy's amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. (laughs) We're doing an amazing job. It's tasteful. It's amazing. Oh my god. All right. (laughs) That sounds quite like. The Al Gore impression you gave to uh, to Lizette. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So where do you get your news from if you're not on uh, Facebook? Is it do you get all your news from Twitter? Do you do like? Yeah. Uh, do you, I, I mean, you do New I, York uh, Times. You do the Wall Street Journal. I do uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, pretty yeah for the most part you know, follow stories on there. Uh, my boy Chris used to write for Business Insider, so I just... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I used to, like, I would just follow all his articles and stuff, but um, now uh, <coughs> he writes for... Um, I forgot. It's like this other uh, this other thing now. BuzzFeed? Uh, <laughs> it, it'll, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll come to me. I mean, you know, you grow up with people. Uh, uh newer like neuro leadership okay yeah he writes for them now but he also has like a documentary called breaking the bee talks about like indian culture he's a filmmaker oh interesting like like indian culture and the spelling bee in america oh wait a second isn't that a known documentary yeah he's a co-filmmaker i was at the i was at the new york premiere wow yeah we've known each other since we were 13 Wow. <laughs> yeah, you want you want tickets to this film? I can probably get you the film if you want. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, him and him and Sam Vega. Yeah, so like uh, we grew up together. I, I just saw him over the break. I'm gonna I'm staying at his house the day before I go to New York. 
in, in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's Chris. So, um, uh, but I follow his stuff. He's like a fan of mine that I follow on Twitter. So anytime he has like posts a story or article, I just I follow that. Gotcha. Nice. Um, yeah, you do I more like, than I asked you the question, but you know, it, it's a joke that a lot of my friends they joke about with me is I don't follow any news. I don't uh, I don't watch the news on t- on television. I don't really read the Wall Street Journal. I don't. I get a little tidbit of what's going on from Twitter, but that's basically it. I, I, my mind space has no, like, people are talking about stuff that's going on right now. Yeah. I have no clue. I don't listen to it. Don't follow it. Don't, you know. And people I mean, say, yeah, I can't help it because I love, I love, like, football, soccer, you know, like, like you know, yep. not American football, like soccer. I like uh, basketball. I love, like, combat sports. So like those are the free sports that I follow, and I can't help it. You know, Big I'm, fight like, this weekend! Big fight this weekend! I mean, yeah, you're are you right, you're right. are you into combat sports like MMA yes. combat sports? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, both, both, man, both, both, both. oh man, welcome to the club. <laughs> Basically, every every friend of mine that's been on the pod is a big MMA fan. So I mean, how can you not be? It's like. You know, I can't help it, you know, like, man, these people are, like, beating themselves to a pulp for, like, my entertainment. But it's like, you know what? <sighs> I take my money, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I want to see the strategy behind it. Like, you, I'm not just – they're not beating each other to a pulp anymore. It's just, like, you got to try to find to try to try find a way to submit me. Can you beat me? You know, it's just, like, you know, I guess not – I don't know. Like, no necessarily tools or weapon involved, you know? Yep. Holloway Ortega this weekend, amazing. We've been. This is a fight. They these two have been trying to fight with each other. I think this is like the fourth time they tried to put this fight together. Oh yeah. Between Holloway getting hurt and Ortega getting hurt and them canceling and stuff. So yeah, big fight this weekend. Ortega is undefeated. Holloway is a beast. It's gonna be good. Yeah, but I I think I think it's like also. I think it's like good timing as well. It felt it felt a good time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's hope it still happens. Because you never know. Even Come even on, like man. two days before a fight, that's what happened with John Jones and the Cormier. That the first time they were going to fight, he got I forget what happened. It was popped for I don't know if it was the cocaine or if it was. Yeah, was that the one we pulled over in the car and shit? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the greatest of all time. Some, yeah. I guess you got to be crazy to be the greatest, you know? Yeah. You got to be crazy. Man. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. So many questions. Do you have any questions for me? You want to ask me anything? I, I have a few. I mean, I have so many funny, uh, fond memories of, of your mom because your mom and I have been on a few road trips together. I'm not sure. Do you do you recall any of these? Road no, I don't. I actually had no no clue. Oh, what? No so, clue. Uh, when, I, when I back when I I wrote before, uh, I did this like um, so I had the surgery. You know about it, right? Remember my my spine was yeah, all kind of scoliosis surgery. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was kind of crippled and stuff for a little. Not crippled. No, I shouldn't say that. I was. I just couldn't. I was as I was a crippled young boy. I could not use my legs 
I could not use my arms. I was uh for for a period. I could do that for like a few days. In the this whole political. Everybody's so politically <laughs> correct. It's so crazy. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Only seven people are gonna listen to this podcast <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. Be free. Let yourself free. Nobody cares. Okay. Even if ten thousand people listen. Only to seven it. seven people. Okay. <laughs> those are those are fans though. Exactly. Shout, shout, out, exactly. shout out to the listeners. I'm I'm under I'm undercutting it, but at this point, you know, I think uh, I'm trying to think of the the Vanilla Gorilla is the most listened to pod right now. Again, I've just started like two months ago, so two okay. and a half months ago, and his has been listened to I think 150 times. So, oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty it's not, good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm mean, just starting though. You know, my mm. goal is to my goal is to do 100 and then reassess how we're doing. You know, mm. not get too excited, not not you know, mm. not not push you know too too hard in the beginning. Just to be consistent. So chop, what, chop that tree every day if what, I can. Chop that tree once a week. You know, whatever happened to the whole situation with the the, the phone callers and his wife's phone number was calling people's houses and stuff. <laughs> she got a new phone number. <laughs> okay. So, like, the empty the threats, like, went away. Well, I mean, she got a new phone number, so, yeah. you know. She has to memorize a new phone number. Again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, which stinks, right? You have a phone. Yeah. I've had my phone number now for, like, 15 years. I'm not gi- I'm giving that up by laying over dead. There's no way I'm giving it up. I feel that. But, you know. Life is a little bit different for uh, for females, I guess. Yeah. I don't guess. I know. It's funny. We went actually. The gorilla and I went to go see a, a comic. Um, there's this there's this um, a comedy benefit that they do every year for this comedian named Patrice O'Neill. Oh yeah, I know him. He's a beast. Out of like, yeah. passed away yeah, from, rest in peace. Yeah, back yeah, in from diabetes. Like it's been almost ten years now. But um, they do a, a comedy. People a comedy special for him every year, a benefit, and the money goes to his children and his uh, his wife. But so there was this comedian on there. She was, uh, she was like a younger black comedian um, yeah. and uh, lesbian. And she was talking about um, the difference between women and, and men. And she was like, man, guys, guys, it, it must be amazing to feel safe all the time like wherever you go you feel safe she said i i was uh went over to my buddy's house and i knock on the door and he doesn't answer i turn the doorknob the door is open i walk in he's laying with his shirt off and his hands behind his his neck and he's asleep he's she said there's like nowhere in nature do you see like a wild animal with its stomach bare like that. Like it's your stomach is your most sensitive, like yeah. that's the part of the dog. Like when it's, when it's yeah. given up, it shows you its stomach because it's like its softest part of its body. Yeah. Like only a dude can lay down like that, not have a care in the world, not think about anything. So <laughs> uh, it's so true. It's so true. You know, I don't remember what I was talking about before that. It was about something about being safe yeah. and being a woman and being safe. But yeah, it's true. I don't, there's nowhere where I, is there anywhere where you go where you don't feel safe? 
Um, hey, you got to think about it, right? <laughs> it's usually the opposite. I go places, and I'm sure you, you're taller than me, so you deal with it too. I go places, and I, I feel, you feel people feeling unsafe around you. I'll say that. So I don't I know. Feel, go ahead. I, I, I feel... <laughs> There have been times I go, I go, I walk into a club. I'm like, yo, I feel really unsafe in here. Right now. <laughs> I, if I step on the wrong person's shoes by accident, like you know, like I, I feel like, I, yeah, I did. I think, yeah, like that. I'm thinking something like that. I but, got you. Um, you know, uh, how often do you think about your blackness? You know, it's so interesting because growing up, it was like, I don't, like, I don't, uh, you know, I want to say like all my friends, we pretty much all had the same things, quote unquote. So there wasn't really much like a, you know, you're, you're like way too different than me or I'm less than or you're more than or anything like that. Like maybe they, their parents were together, but I didn't really think anything of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. So like I don't I don't think my blackness I mean I was always connected to all the black kids that were we all went to school with. Mm -hmm. So well, you were like, in Mount Laurel, so how many black kids was that? Exactly. So like, you know, we all said what's up, you know, like, like you know, we all, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, for the I'm listeners, Mount Laurel. To, yeah, I'm not putting my hand up next to my face. Like I don't know you, it's my click. Like we all had our people that we grew up in our neighborhoods with and we were around each other, like, you know, what's up, you know, we can you know, say the N-word around each other and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, So just, for the people listening, how, what, percentage, what percentage of black people? <laughs> N-word is that word, sorry. <laughs> what percentage of, that's hilarious. What percentage of black people were in Mount, what was the percentage of blacks in Mount? Oh, Mount? man. Like in your high school, what percentage of kids were black? Oh, man. Ah, one percent maybe. Wow, that's not a lot. I mean, there's way more now, but not when, especially not when like Mary and I were there. Well, if you have a class of like three hundred people, one percent is three people. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> no, like probably like, not like ten percent. Okay. So yeah, ten percent. Yeah, okay. sorry about that. So yeah. that's, no, that's representative of that's kind of representative of the population in the United States. Then I think blacks are like thirteen percent. So that's. That's pretty represent. I thought it was a lot less, actually. I thought it was like you and like two other families, basically. No, I mean, if if we're gonna do high school and like in my class, and there's like 476 of us, I'd say there's probably like, I'd say, ooh, I'd probably put it at like 30, you know, people that can count as black. Like there's like Melanie, there's a there's a drop. I gotcha. You know what I mean? And then you know, were, there, were there like um. Other minorities, you have Asians. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, okay. I'm not sure. Do, do, do Jewish people count? Yeah. Count Jewish yeah. Minorities? Hell, yeah, 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 yeah. Ask the yeah. gorilla. Hell yeah, they count. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> now we, he's, yeah. he's listening to this in the future cursing. Do we count? Are you fucking kidding me, bro? I mean, I, I just you know wasn't. We went through World War II, bro. <laughs> Yo, that, that's your impression, not mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've met but the yeah. gorilla. You've you've met him, right? I'm pretty I, sure I mean, you met him. At uh, I mean, my daughter's yeah. birthday party or one of the kids' birthday parties, he was there. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> but not now. Now it's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna lots to talk about. 
Um, uh, uh, yeah, we're, yeah. So we're talking about the percentage. So it's like thirty kids. Yeah. yeah um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Like I remember, like in second grade, like the first time. You know, I guess some someone used like black in a negative way. And I was at Fleetwood School, and this kid, Tom Massey, it was like Halloween, and I was dressed up as a mailman, right? And this kid, Tom Massey, his mom drove the school bus for, like, everyone, you know? And he comes up to me, he was like, he's like, what are you supposed to be? And I'm like, I'm a mailman. And he was like, no, you're not. Mailmen aren't black. <laughs> and I was like, Yo, shout what? out to Tom Massey for a killer joke. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, yes, they are. I'm a mailman. It's a, it's a costume. Like they're, you know, like yeah. I was like, no, no. I was like, I was like, yeah. I'm I'm a mailman too. Like you know, it's like it's okay. It's Halloween. It doesn't have to be real. The costume. We like just so you know. I was like, I was like, oh. You know, and I was like, I remember, and it, it didn't hit me until I was like, it didn't, it didn't hit me till later. Like yo, like that was that was some some racist shit that went down that day. I was like, <laughs> but it was Halloween, you know what I mean? Maybe, just, maybe you could just all get, you know, but then I was, you know. So the instances, <clears throat> excuse me, so the instances for you were like few and far between. You didn't really have to deal with it that much. I mean, yeah, I didn't have to, I didn't have to deal with, I didn't have to deal with it too much in where I lived in Mount Laurel and Morristown. I guess it was just a particular part of South Jersey where I lived in because I've heard horror stories about other parts of South Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess Mount Laurel isn't so yeah. far south, right? You got to go down maybe to Vineland and, you know. Down yeah, there. because there's some really boony parts of South Jersey. I realize as I'm older because people are like, yo, I've heard some stories about South Jersey. And as I've gotten older, because yeah. before, like, now I have cars and <laughs> people drive and, you know, uh, Although a lot of my friends, you know, we all left, we went to college, we all went to different places. You know, some people came back, like some of us returned and a, a lot of us really like stayed out in our respective cities. Cause it's like, although home was cool, it was nostalgic, like we can still go home and during the holidays and pick up where we left off. You know, I just, I can't really see myself just like reliving there again. You know, I've already, I've already done that I at least for, for me. Like it can't be, can't be Mount Laurel, can't yeah. be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. So, yeah. like, I mean, I don't, but I, I'm, I'm definitely, I know for sure, I'm not settling in DC. I don't think I could ever settle like in like a city like this. <laughs> What's wrong with DC? It's an amazing city. I live there. It's amazing. No, like, I can't. I mean, I could, I could live here, but I can't like set up shop here. Yeah. No, I got you. I can't, I can't say I'd call it my home. It's definitely a very like like transient sort of city, if you will. Like, yeah. I'm not really trying to, but it's just where I live, and it's really cheap. Like, I live right by Union Station, and my rent's is 700 bills a month. So I'm not wow. really like, wow. not really too motivated to move because I have prime real estate. And <laughs> wow. In the, in the city, I know. I actually, you got to give me a little bit of a history lesson here. So after high school, yeah. give me like the rundown. Where where did you? You where did you go after high school? So uh, after high school, I, I went to Howard. Okay. And, uh, the uh, Howard was. <laughs> and why did you choose? Why did you choose an all black college after living in an all white town? <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know they gave me some money. So what's you know what's 
you know, what, you know, what's the, that's the option. Oh, okay. So it was yeah. a financial thing, not a, cause some of my friends would go to a black college because they wanted to immerse themselves in, you know, black culture, African culture. That would be their primary reason, not a financial reason. But yeah. so for you, you were like, well, they're paying X amount of money. So I'm going yeah. there. So I, I ended up visiting the school, like, maybe three weeks before. Well, uh, no, I visited, like, right after I got in because, like, my uncle on my on my dad's side was telling me all about it. And I was, like, pretty much sold from, like, all the information I was looking up. And all the people were talking about it. They were like, yo, like, you know, so I grew up, you know, the town, you know, not a lot of women of color. And they were like, yo, you go to Howard, you're going to find your wife. Like, there's, like, a <laughs> planet. And the ratio is, like, yo, the ratio is, like, eight to one. Is it I was, like, really? I was like, what? And then, but it's like. <laughs> it's like one to eight. <laughs> Yo, I, it is, it is outrageous. It is outrageous. But like, that's not the point. It's not about that. Oh, so it's, it is. They weren't lying. The race. The oh, race yeah. Was, I mean, I, no, they were not lying. They were not lying. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You just, yeah. Mm. So but then. It was, also, but it was also like being in the, in the city too. And then also we had like, it was also like cool because there's extended family out here. So and it wasn't too far away. Right. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was also like an experience to be around people of color you know yeah so was that a culture shock at all to you you know at first I was like wow like although you know like I'm black my family's black like I've been around black people my whole life you know I, I've gone I've I've done a program in Canada I've you know I've traveled across Canada I've traveled before this is my first time you know, I was more I was more nervous about going to the city, you know, more mm-hmm. so than the university because I, I was excited to outside about Howard, but Howard opened my eyes to so many different different types of black people, if you will. Like, you know, I was only used to the ones that I grew up with, but there was like, you know, like black people. I never met a black person. Howard just it just pulled people from all over the world, which is so unique from any other like state university that I've heard of. It's just people from all over that state. I got you. Some, in some cases it's like people from you know, some different country, but Howard, Howard just pulls people from like, cause they're like, Oh, my parents went here. So they're like, I got to go here. It's like a legacy thing. So there's like people from like, there's people from Alaska. There's people from Nigeria, Ghana, uh, like Cali, Texas. Like, so they have all these state clubs there that they encourage people to join. So that way, when you return home from the holidays, you still have that sort of network, that connection. Oh, interesting. And, and they also like, you know, so it's like, it's also really dope. So like I met so many different types, learned so many like mad slang too. Like it was, so it's like an interesting melting pot of like, you know, like just black people. Mm-hmm. And then dope. isn't there like a sister school nearby or am I thinking of something else? Like isn't, I, mean, I guess that's Atlanta. Nearby. I guess it's like Morehouse. And, uh, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. But the, yeah, but um, Howard was like a, <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful experience. Enjoyed, enjoyed all the classes. I ran into your dad on campus one day. The most wildest experience. I couldn't believe it. He was just like casually walking. I was like Uncle Juan, and he looked at me. He was like, "Oh, David." I was like, Stop. I was like "Oh, David." I was like, "So you're just you're just on campus one day?" Like, yeah, oh yeah, I was just having a talk on like you know these uh like African uh like I forgot the authors and shit and yeah, sorry and shit. And he was just like one of the featured people mm-hmm. and he just prepared he took a train down that that day and was going to speak and he's going to take a going to have dinner and take the train back i was like what 
Yeah. Well, when you listen to his pod, like <laughs> for his life, anything is possible. He's like, he's like, oh, wait, wait, what? So you're going to America? What's America? Oh, I'll go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's, let's get married now. <laughs> like it's not, it's not working over here. Yeah, like, I'm out. The other guy, yeah. I'm out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So like, oh, civil rights just, just, uh, <laughs> just what this one went down in America. Okay. I wish. So you heard that? You heard the? You heard the pod? You heard about that guy, Adolfo? I wish you you could meet this guy. You mm-hmm. would. It would astound you if you met him to be like, wait, this guy is the guy that got one of the guys that got the independence for your country. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Where (laughs) is Adolfo? Where is he? I think he's in the, he's in the, um, well, I think he's, he's probably in New York still. You can't can't speak on his whereabouts? Yeah, no, no. He actually, no, yeah, it's all, it's all good now. So Uh, what we didn't speak about though during my dad's pod was that, you know, during the independence, they killed Adolfo's older brother, right? So he, he talked a little bit about that. What we didn't talk about, but it's, it's, it's record and you can look it up on the internet is that Adolfo at like age, 60 whatever mid 60s decided to try it again and, oh yeah uh, yeah and got caught and like got caught in cameroon or something with a bunch of a, a bunch of uh he was trying to put together another coup attempt right so he got caught in cameroon with uh two other guys who i think were cameroonian that were leading this whole thing. And Adolfo is a U.S. citizen. So you know what they did with the Cameroon guys? They killed those dudes on the spot. What? And they put Adolfo in a jail. So he was in an African prison for, I think, like two years in, in his 60s. And, uh, and then, yeah, um, I guess his daughter, who was living out in the States, his daughter is like two years younger than me. We used to, like, play. We were playmates when we were little but she she found out about him being in prison and then started writing to the u.s consulate and stuff and yeah they went back and forth i think he was in jail for two years you can look it up though his his name is adolfo obiang and you can look it up and find you can put into google adolfo obiang prison and uh yeah and read that whole story so and i think he wrote a book from it and stuff but yeah (laughs) Nuts. I guess, you know, that whole generation, they have that burden on them. And my, my dad got into that a little bit about, you know, you, you see what's happening in your, in your motherland and you want to do something about it and you feel responsible and you feel like you've been given this privilege of getting an education and stuff. And, yeah. and that once you get your education, you want to be able to give back and, and enact change. And I guess he had always felt that. And so he tried, you know, he tried to do things and help out and helped with their independence when he was younger. And then he saw, you know, with this new dictator, things didn't really change and they got worse. And, and, and he tried to do it again and he paid the price. So mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. That, question, yeah. Go ahead. For you. Go ahead. You, no. So like, it's so interesting. Cause it's like, you know, you, like I have a question about like you and, and Rania, because it's like, you know, you have your parents, you're so like, you you have you're like such a i guess amalgamation of so many different cultures and stories and then like you know ramya and her family has such a large story as well like how do you guys how do you instill that into your kids and like you know, like how does that how does that work with like 
bring your, your child. Your, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know if it does. I, it, I think it, it just, every generation you lose, you lose a little bit, you lose a little bit and you lose a little bit, you know? You like your mother's Haitian, right? Yeah. And my mother's Haitian, and between the two of us, we knew we know like seven words in Creole. Right. <laughs> and some keep it, so we have some cousins, right? And yeah. both of their parents are Haitian, so they're able to speak Creole, no problem. And uh, and that's not a big deal for them, so they kept it with them. But there's some of us that are are not fully Haitian. You're one of them. I'm one of them. Um, you know, Reggie and Joey, their their mother's American as well. So, yeah, you just, you lose it, unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunate. So the, the only way to kind of maintain it is to have the kids spend time with the grandparents. But even there, it's, it's not enough. It really isn't. Okay. Yeah. It's unfortunate because, it, yeah, when you think about it, at least in terms of m myself and my sisters, we're very unique. There's, there, I don't think there are many Haitian, yeah. Equatorial, Guinean children yeah. out there, you know, yeah. because there are two random islands in the middle of the ocean, you know, on the opposite sides of the world. So for people to have met from in Barcelona, or where they meet? In, in yeah, Madrid. in Madrid. Yeah, in Madrid. Yeah. Yeah, to for two people to meet like that and then to start a family, it's it's rare. Even to be half Haitian and half American. There's that tennis player. She's uh, Osaka. Oh, yeah. She she just won Japanese. the U.S. Open. She's yeah, half Japanese. half yeah. Haitian, half Japanese. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah. And then my kids are like, forget about it. The rarest of rares, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you get that Indian side where it's like generations and generations. They're like. My wife is like, if she did twenty three and me, it would come literally come back like ninety nine point nine 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 percent Indian. Oh, it's yeah. like South Indians mixing with South Indians for th like a thousand years, and it's all arranged marriages from her parents all the way back, all arranged marriages, like oh, generations wow. and generations, like. I don't know, twenty generations of arranged marriages, and then her brother and her. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's possible to uh, to keep the culture. I don't know. But we try. We try. Oh I yeah. Just, so uh, I mean, how do I keep my blackness every day? Uh, was that the original question? I don't want to. Do you think? Do you think of how often do you think about being black? Like uh, at work, for example. Like, what do you what do you what are you doing right now? I have no clue. I have no clue about anything. If you haven't realized. All right. All right. So, um, what do I do? Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, I'll take you in a day in the life of me. I wake up around like seven. Uh, oh, that's when my alarm goes off. I get up around like seven twenty something, and then take a shower, do my thing, get ready, iron my clothes. Sky uh, irons, unbelievable. Yeah. I outs I outsource that as well. <laughs> yeah, I take the bus. I take the bus to work. It's I, I work like maybe one point two miles from my crib. Oh wow! So, yeah, I work in this office that's right above this metro station, um, and I work on the seventh floor. So pretty much, so, uh, so I would get ready to host sample lessons. So people come in. And they perform sample lessons in front of me, seven-minute sample lessons on whatever they choose. And I pretend to be a kid. And then 
I asked some questions afterwards, like, okay, uh, how would you handle this sort of feedback? So pretty much I hire substitute teachers. for those Oh, things. I see. Okay. So they interview for subs now. Yeah. That's interesting. So pretty much people apply. I go through the applications. I schedule them for a phone interview, phone conversation. I ask them like a bunch of questions. They tell me their story. I ask some questions. I call them in for a sample lesson. They perform a sample lesson in front of me. I act a fool during the sample lesson. Well, not really, but yeah. kind of. But like just to see how they handle certain things like disruption, misunderstanding, and whether or not they hit certain expectations, you know, these proximity, things like that. And so then like, and then afterwards, you know, they put them through a whole onboarding process. And then I have the info session with them, which is info session is where like I give them all the information. So real talk, real talk. What's the worst? Because you don't you don't have to name names, but what's the worst? Sample, sample interview, sample session. Oh my God. This, this, one, this one dude gave a Spanish lesson. I swear to God, yo, it was so bad. It was like probably like my, my second week on the job and it was so hard for me not to laugh. And <laughs> he was like, the dude, he was like, he's giving a Spanish lesson. Like I knew better Spanish than this guy. It was so bad. He was like writing stuff on the board. He was like, hola, hola, mis amigos. Uh, senor so-and-so. Like he didn't have to do this. He didn't do a lesson on anything you want, but he chose to do a Spanish lesson. And it was so bad. It was like, the, you ever see someone butcher Spanish? But he was like so serious. He was taking it like, taking it to heart. He was, t- t- he was teaching people how to how to conjugate the uh, like to be. I forgot what it was to, to to be and, and, but he was like doing it the, the, like the worst the worst way. It was it was so bad. So I was like trying not to laugh. I was holding a clipboard up to my face, <laughs> and then um, the director was like, "So like, what made you decide to choose a, a Spanish lesson?" He was like, "Well, you know, I studied abroad." in Argentina and uh, I had this uh, Argentinian girlfriend when I was down there and she taught me Spanish and I, she said I was really good at it and so I was like you know what? I'm gonna be a Spanish teacher and then you know and I that's it's inspired me ever since and I couldn't believe this was happening you know and um and so he sat down and I just had to excuse myself I was like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step out and I just you know I went to the back and I washed my face you know, I calmed down. I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. This is well, I, had to, people, I had to watch you know, your face. People That's out here. You know, and then he said, like, the, the worst, like, we sent him a rejection email. He wanted a second chance. Oh, my he God. He felt like maybe Spanish wasn't his strength. He should have chose something else. <laughs> you know, it was, like, really, you know, it was bad. But that was, like, one of the worst things. Wow. And then, so do you place, so you interview, and then you, how does it go? Like you give a yes or a no, and then there's like next steps, or yeah. So there's like next steps. They they gotta do like go through a background check. They get get their fingerprints. They oh gotta go God. through like mandated reporter training. I mean, this is all stuff that uh, they pay for, but we reimburse them. And then uh, once they're done, you know, we once they do all that, that those sort of steps, like set up their payroll, then I have like a session with them where we give them all the information, and then we do an hour of just like role-playing class management techniques to, you know, set them up for success only their first day. And then mm-hmm. every, every month, well, twice a week, like I, like tomorrow I have to go into a school and Friday I go into a school and we support our teachers and we reinforce the class management techniques. We, uh, uh, we had, cause we have monthly professional development using teach like a champion. And we go over like techniques for like, you know, just like, to just be going, that's going to be stronger teachers, just to be better teachers. So we just role play. And we pay our teachers for their attendance that way, just to encourage them to be better teachers. Like, hey, look, we'll pay you $50 if you pull up to this thing and we cater it. So that way, because it's like, it's man long, it's like three hours. So if we're going to like ask you to, 
you know, because like at the end of the day, most of people are substitute teachers. But if you want to be teachers and you like, you know, if you're like, hey, like, hey, can we, we want to hire that teacher. I'm like, all right, go ahead. Like, we don't want to hold you back. But like, if you want to make yourself more, I guess, available to be hired by a school, if that's ultimately your goal, you should probably attend one of these things. And if right. even if, so, do that. And then monthly, we do like events and stuff like, um, uh, there's like going to be a movie night, having like, we're having like a, a mock interview resume workshop day. We're going to have like a paint and sip in January. So I kind of organize those sort of things as well. Uh, interesting. Now, if there's, if there's, here's another hypothetical. I like, yeah. I, lo- I love hypothetical questions. Yeah. What's up? What's up? If there's one thing you could do to improve your work environment, what would it be? Or one thing you could do to change to make things better what would it be man i don't want to work <laughs> <laughs> since you do have to work and you have I mean, to work there I mean, honestly if i could just like maybe you know get some writing thing popping or like maybe i can just you wait know, what's that writing thing what's that i mean <laughs> maybe like maybe i can just like live off some some writing or maybe i can just live off of just like maybe make like a really cheesy rap song and just eat off eat off that or something like that <laughs> so what, what would be ideal let's talk ideal ideal day for you let's forget about what you're doing right now what would be like ideal ideal for you a dream day you wake up what time do you wake up i don't know man probably somebody to like 9 30 10 o'clock 9 30 10 boom take a shower boom what's next hit the gym I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a ideal wait, day. I mean, it's, it, it's a, it's a, a person. you have to work, but we, you get to work whenever you feel like it. So what are you yeah. doing? I'm yeah. a yoga person. So I got I like to stretch, stretch in the morning. It really wow. helps. Wow. Yeah, man. I'm one, of those, I'm one of those people. It feels good. I mean, mostly, yeah, the, mostly the, because of my back. Yeah. Yeah. The gorilla is big into yoga as well. Ask that dude to do a handstand. He can do like a standing handstand for like over uh, a minute. It's crazy. Oh, I'm, work, I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. I'm yeah. just, it's just really good for the hips, the back's core. Does it do anything for you? So I, I, I've gotten away from it, but I used to meditate a lot. Does it do, does it do anything for you there in terms of mentally? I think though my practice, because it's like when I do it at the crib, like by myself, it's like it's, it's, it's doing it to like, you know, I, I don't, when I, when I go, I don't know, when I go to like, I go to a class, that's more meditative than me than when I do it at home by myself. I got you. I got you. I, I like I like the pace, like the volume in which the person is leading me, like all of that. Just like just like feeling, you know, all I don't know, hmm. in the room that makes it more meditative to me. Yeah. But, um, but not some reason when I practice yoga by myself, it's not as meditative if you will yeah that's powerful yeah Yeah, it's funny i don't i don't understand how the universe fully works i don't think anybody does but there's there's something to be said about um places of worship let's call it that so like my um my wife my, my wife's hindu right so at her parents house they have a what do they call it like a mandir it's like a, a prayer room where you have yeah. all the gods there you go in you light incense you give offerings and all that stuff i swear to you when you walk into this room it's like phew, the most peaceful place uh-huh. on you know 
within like a 10 mile radius. It's the strangest thing. I don't know what it is. Is it real? Is it fake? Is it just a smell? Is there a vibration? I don't know. But it's there's something there's something to it. And it's the same with church too. Yeah. You know, we went my parents used to go to church every week and I hated it. But when you walk in that place, there's peace in there. It's crazy. I feel that way about concerts and like festivals. When you all these people standing side by side singing the same words. Yeah, yeah, there's a vibration there for real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We all want to be here to sing, see this artist sing the song. Yes, that's true. With a common purpose, right, right, right. Absolutely, I'm absolutely with you there. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I what was I talking about with you? I, I wanted to. Oh, ideal day. Oh, ideal yeah. day. So yeah. So you brought up writing. So what are you talking about there? I don't know, man. Like, are you writing? Have you been writing? Not lately. I've just been reading. I've been deep into this Octavia Butler book called Dawn. Have you read it before? I have not. I'll write it have down. You any, have you read any of her stuff? No. Oh, she's like a sci-fi writer. Oh. A black lady. Apparently wrote books back in like the 90s, 80s and stuff. I, 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 bought, I had the other two books in this series, but I couldn't find the first one. And I was in Princeton recently at Labyrinth. Okay. And, and they had it there. And I was like, oh, oh I picked it up. And, and so now I started reading it. It's so good. It's so good. It's inspiring me to want to write again because I haven't written in a long time. Just work has just been just like eating me up. Mm. And, I, and it's just like reading. I feel like cause I used to work at a bookstore and like reading, I guess being around books just inspires me to write because I'm just around so many words. And yep. so like now, and I guess now I'm not, I don't have as much time to read leisurely to where I'm like, all right, now I'm inspired to write. Like this is, this is inspiring me. So right. I think now, like now, just through like just reading this, like this wonderful like sci-fi tale, it's just oh, it's just like it's just like now, like this is why people write, you know. I I didn't realize you were are you a sci-fi guy or it's just Octavia Butler in general. Uh, like uh, like well, this uh, like I read I read Fledgling and it was like so good, like just take on like vampires and stuff. It it was just she was recommended to me by someone. I read like. What did I read? I like. I'm, I read, look, I'm looking I read, her up I read, now. I didn't realize. I had no idea who she is. So she's a black lady. Born, yeah, yeah. Basically born when my dad was born. She died about 10 years ago. Yeah. Kindred, Power, Parable of the Sour. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fledgling, Parables yeah. of the Talents. These are, all, these are all science fiction books? This yeah. Is wild. This is yeah. wild. Huh. Yeah. Wow, I haven't read. Uh, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a self improvement like uh, fanatic, so that's usually what I read those types of books. But uh, and when like, what? Say again. I'm listening like, like what, like Jeff Green or like Napoleon Hill. Like what are you talking? About? Uh, I've read the Napoleon Hill stuff. I just um, it's so interesting. Like when writing is from. Not like before the fifties, <laughs> I can't I, for whatever reason I can't. I don't know. It doesn't hit me in the way that more modern writing hits me. Let me see. Let me open up my Kindle and see what I've read recently. I just read Exit West, the mm-hmm. Motion Hamming book. That was recommended to me. Some it was fiction. It was all right. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna read Homegoing next. Once I'm that was record. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. Life on Purpose. Uh, Let's see. Life on Purpose is by Dr. Dr. Brad Swift. That's pretty good. 
Um, let's see. Laws of Success. That's Napoleon Hill. I read that. That's pretty good. Persuasion. So there's a guy, Robert Kial. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Cialdini. C I A L D I N I. He writes all these books. I'm, you know, I've always studied psych in college. I've always been interested in like psychology okay. and marketing and and how people's minds work and stuff. So that's a very good book. Oh my God! I'll send you the list afterwards. It's crazy. Okay. A good book for you, though, if you're interested in writing and getting back into writing, is Deep Work by Cal Newport. So he basically, oh, okay. his basic, uh, his basic um, idea of the book is that we live in this age where nobody does any substantial work anymore. Everybody does like you spend like sixty percent of your day doing email. Yeah. which is just yeah. basically fielding fielding messages back and forth and like forwarding messages from one person to another or you do yeah. like a little bit of work in excel or a little bit of work in powerpoint but that's basically it you know so deep work is like this concept of like really getting deep and down into a task instead of going you know at a at a very high level and not really focusing okay. on stuff you know it's very good Fantastic book. I'd love to read that. Send it, definitely send that to me. Yep. 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 All right, my brother. It is almost 11 o'clock. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's it. That's, yeah. that's my episode. I thought <laughs> we just started. Yeah. 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 We might oh, have to. Man. We might have to, to talk about my road trip. I get to talk about. Man, I had so many stories. What are the so stories the you got? I got drunk. <laughs> oh, man. Let's hear about the first time you got drunk. Oh man! All right, so uh, <laughs> your mom just dropped me off at this program that she found because I, I was moping because I just had this surgery and I was like, I want to do this. This, I was this like, boy is always crying about his back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's such a Yo, baby. So his back is always so hurt. Listen, I came to this country. I had one hundred dollars in my pocket. I was thirteen years old. You know how many buildings I saw on fire? You know how many people I saw get shot dead blank? Dead blank. This boy is always messing up in school. I don't get it. They always, yeah. they always have to, they always have to call the dean on him. I what don't is get wrong it. With this boy calling the dean the all of the time. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's the that's the one. I don't get it. That's I don't get one. it. Yeah. She never gets it. <laughs> yeah. So she drops, <laughs> she drops you off at. Why yeah, she's like, like, first of all, why is my mom dropping you off at a program? Because it was, it was like, uh, it was a reason to go because we have family in Montreal. Okay. And it was like an excuse to like. So I'm a minor, so I can't leave the country by myself. So she has. I need like. A, well, in this case, I guess driving across the border. I could just oh, drive okay. myself. I could just drive myself into Canada. That's interesting, but they can put you on a plane and you can go. Isn't that so strange? That's very strange. Yeah, yeah. I could drive myself into Canada. So I'm going like, to send so this boy to Peru. How old is he? Five. Perfect. Perfect. Put him on a plane. Goodbye. See you in three months. But but also that was like 20 years before then. That was four. That was 37 years ago. Yeah. So like if you think about when I when I went, this is like 2000. This is like basically at the at the advent of of, yeah. of aviation right here. Exactly. Like 
<laughs> Everyone can go on the plane. Like, you bring your animals smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, they were smoking cigarettes. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were like there was like what are those things? I don't even ashtrays, right? Like in the in the ha- the hand rest, the armrest. Yeah. So crazy. Way before tools. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then um So she drops you off. Yeah, so she was and like I'm, and meanwhile I'm gonna keep like, cutting you off like and do, I'm gonna keep cutting you off and doing my mom's impersonation. Like, you better I'm learn the French. I, I remember she was like putting me because she was like, you better learn. She was like, you better learn French or whatever. <laughs> and she like drives off. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I remember like, you know, going to my room and meeting my roommates and stuff. One was from British Columbia. One was from Ontario. And then uh, we had a placement test on a Thursday. And then we found out where we were on Friday. And I was so mad. I placed so well on the placement test. Because if I would have known, I wouldn't have, like, I would have just coasted, you know, throughout the whole program. But I had a way more intense program because I was, like, I wasn't, like, out of, I think it was out of 15. I was, like, 11. And, like, a lot of everyone else was, like, in, like, 6 and, like, 5 and 4. Oh, my God. And I was, like, wow. I was, like, overachieving because that's when I, like, got, so I, didn't, I didn't really hit me until I got drunk for the first time. And it was, like. You know, I guess in Canada, the drinking age is, well, at least in that province, is 18. Yep. And I yep. guess in this small town in Poitier, Quebec, they really didn't care. And so they're like, you know, we're going to get drunk. And this girl that I was really attracted to, like, her name was Karen Husby. Like, super hot, in my opinion. You know, this is, like, 16-year-old me. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, she was 18 at the time. She's like, yeah, we're going to go drinking, blah, blah, blah. You should come. And I'm like, I don't think I'm old enough. She's like, it's fine. We'll just, like, pay him more. It's no big deal. I'm like, no way. And, and she's like, what, this is your first time drinking? And I'm like, of course not. I'm American. So I was also, like, one of the few Americans. I was, like, one of three or four Americans in the program. And then I was trying to, like, play it cool. And it didn't um, – next thing you know, I didn't know, like, the amount how the way alcohol would, like, affect us, I guess. And uh, so I had ended up having like eight beers at night and like four shots. Damn. And uh, and so because I was a minor, I had a curfew, so I had to be back by like midnight. And I'm just I remember it was just being hammered, and, uh, getting in a cab, and then just like falling out of the cab, and then like Karen being like, uh, Karen being like, I can't I can't carry you to the to the fourth floor. You're gonna have to like stay in my room. And I was like, cool. I also, <laughs> I also lost my virginity that night. <laughs> <laughs> to... nothing, it was like, like, nothing like not remembering your first time. I know, I know, I know. I just another thing about this story. <laughs> and then, so, and then, um, then I woke up on the floor. <gasps> and then there was like, you know, a lot of like, like oh, oh my god, it was like terrible. Like I like vomited a bunch off of the floor, and she was like, kind of like he woke oh up in his own sick. I yeah. cannot believe. Oh my god, I just remembered. I just got to to. I don't know what these seven people are gonna listen. Who's gonna listen to this? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> no, no. I feel like oh god, no. Well, the no. only way they, the only way they find out is if you tell them because I don't know if you're friends and I'm not on Facebook. So oh, I mean, people listen. <laughs> people listen. <laughs> this isn't posted anywhere. So okay. 
<laughs> well, any case, I'm sorry. And now you understand why some people are called the Vanilla Gorilla or JB or whoever else. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, you can call me my MC name, Dollar Dollar Bill, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember about your first time? I remember she was like, uh, <laughs> remember her asking me, is this is my first time? I was like, no, 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 I'm just really <laughs> drunk right now. She's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. And I just remember just being, oh my God, I remember just being in and out. Nice. I remember just being in and out. Uh, that's usually but, how, that's usually how sex goes. Sir. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I remember just like, I mean, she was super hot and it was, I remember it was. It was great, but then I remember it was just like I was just really sweaty. It was really hot. <laughs> I was really hot and I felt pretty nauseous. <laughs> Yo, that's what I mean that that's But you managed to keep like, it you managed to hold it together until I, I held it like man, I, I was firm because I was like in the moment like, all this is happening, like I can't believe I'm drunk right now. I feel so like sick. And then I just wanted I remember we just wanting it to like I wanted to go to sleep. Just mm-hmm. really badly wanted to go to sleep. But I was like, I was having sex, and then oh, so you were thinking about sleep more than anything. Yeah, exactly. oh, so that's but, interesting. But, yeah, so but it was like cause I was just so nauseous. Oh man, yeah, that's all I remember. I all I remember was just getting really drunk, and then then like people were like saying like, "Wow, you drank a lot." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know." And like Karen didn't really talk about like the whole like cause I like cleaned it up and everything, but there was like, "Oh my god," it just like smelled like all the alcohol. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like all it was like crazy. And then you, was it ruined then, or was was there a no, return visit? No. I mean, it was like sour for like I don't know a couple of days. Like we were able to have sex again later. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, but not after like a while, you know, just like because you know, like you know, her room just was like just smelled bad. You know, <laughs> it just was by fault. You know, didn't you have it, a room? <laughs> I had my own room and everything, but it happened in her room. Oh, I got you. Yeah, so like you know, she probably you know every time she got back to her room, it was a reminder about how much I'm a scumbag. <laughs> Can't hold my liquor. He said it's not his first time drinking. You know, that's funny. That's <laughs> yeah, but man, every time I had that, sex with Karen, I was drunk off my yeah, ass. I mean, but I also so the following year, she was one of the people when I drove across Canada. She was one of the people that I saw to see. I went to go see. Oh, nice! Yeah, uh, her family. Her family was so inviting. I met her dad and her her two other sisters, and they had a rodeo during the time I was there. And it was like, wait, what? Yeah, they have rodeos in Canada. Can you believe that? They no, like I, no I believe that. But they, are you saying that her family owned a rodeo? No, no, they had like this big ass farm. But they, there was a rodeo going on in their town. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, it was kind of the rodeo was pretty intense because. They killed it. They killed an animal, like you know. Wait, I was, what? I was shocked. Yeah, they killed an animal, like when they, ooh, ooh. Because when I think of a rodeo, I think of two things: riding a well, oh, not no. you just think about riding the bull, right? So they. The, oh no! I mean, there was there was more than that. They had like you know a little little note out there, you know, got to catch it, you know, kill it. It was woof. So it's it like a bullfight. That's crazy. I mean, it's a you know, shout out to Kyle Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that was that was that was me in madrid actually that trip that trip that i took uh where there was that bar fight that was the same trip where um miguel's father took us to a bullfight 
Oh, word. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to see it because I hear, like, they really tortured this bull, man, and then, yeah. then they killed the bull. Who wants to see that? Man. Yeah. That's when the, the, the torero comes with the knives. Yeah. <laughs> and I was screaming. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, but they really, they go, first of all, yeah. the, the, bulls, the bulls out no. there, it's already, who knows what, what, is what sort of barbiturates they made this thing ingest and yeah. what other crazy things it's doing. But it's out there. They get a guy what is what's first? Okay, so first is a guy on a horse with a long pole. And he's taken and at the end of the pole is a blade. And the horse has like some sort of padding on it. So if the bull hits the horse, nothing happens to the horse. Yeah, yeah. And the only it's so interesting. The only job of each of the people in this bullfight is to weaken the bull for the last guy to kill the bull. Yeah. So the, the the first guy comes, he's got this long, like, 15-foot pole. It's got a blade on it, and he's, like, jabbing the pole into the back of the bull every time the bull charges. Okay. And I don't know, like, um, I have to look it up, like, what the sequence – I know what the sequence is, but I don't know, like, what the – What's like the green light for the guy who's jabbing the pole into the bull to be like, all right, my job's done. Next guy come out. But so anyway, he jabs, then he leaves on the horse. He's out. Then these next, I think it's two guys come. They have these, they're like long knives wrapped in cloth. And they're, they take them. I think it, these guys' jobs are the most dangerous, actually, because the bull is still kind of fresh. The bull is still pissed. Mm -hmm. He hasn't, like, been bloodied at all yet. The job of these guys is to take these knives, one in each hand, and as the bull comes, they kind of swerve out of the way and jab these knives into the bull's back. And I, there's two or three of them. Wow. So after these guys are done and they've, mission accomplished, gotten these knives in them, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. bounce... The bull now has these these huge swords with with cloth. There's like four of them in its back. Yeah. And then the torero comes out. The bullfighter comes out with the you know with the cape with the red cape, and I think he has one sword in his hand. Okay. So he has the cape in the right hand, and it's it's kind of like a flag. So there's like a pole with like the red the red garment hanging down from it and then on the right hand he has a sword and he does his dance and he stabs at the bull and he does a dance and he stabs at the bull and then at some point mm -hmm. it's like the killing blow basically where he does a dance and he and the bull charges and he puts that knife like directly into that like the perfect really the perfect angle into yeah. its back cool. for it to for it to paralyze and kill the bull cool. ill and then you know they take then these it's like, like precision man it's, it's oh precision. it's ah uh, yeah because the bull's coming at you at like 25 miles an hour too and it's like aiming the kill it's no yeah. joke and then yeah they they get like two two horses they tie a, a rope around the bull's ankles and they pull it out and then they pull it out of the the arena and then since miguel's father wrote for the paper mm -hmm. Um, he had like basically backstage passes, so we go back yeah. to this room, and they're just the bulls are all hanging upside down by their ankles on this rope, and a guy comes with this sharp ass knife yeah. and he cuts from like the crotch to the neck of each bull, and all everything comes out. 
before. Oh, guts, everything yeah. comes out. And then the stomach is laying there. It's like, the stomach is like the size of a massage ball, like a small massage ball. Wow. And it's just sitting there, and he cuts like, it open. And I don't know why he cuts it open, but it's filled with grass. Like the bull just ate yeah, it. Yeah. Eaten. So it's crazy. It's a, it's a crazy way to, because they use the meat, right? It's not yeah, like they just course. kill the bull and they toss yeah. it. They use the meat, but that's some way to kill an animal, to, to eat it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Wait, so what are you so afraid of somebody hearing? I'm curious to know. Because for me, like, almost everything is, like, on the table when I do these pods. Yeah. People know everything about, like, my mom. <laughs> she's probably, if she ever listens to these, she's going to be like, I cannot, I don't believe I agree to do this pod with this boy. <laughs> he always talk bad about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I was, like, thinking, like, oh, man. I was, like, the first time I lost my virginity, I was, like, thinking as I was telling that story, like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Now she knows. I, I mean, she didn't I, I know then, like, but now, or actually, did did you ever tell her afterwards? Hey, you know, you were my first, by the way. Uh, no. Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't had that in me yet. Cause I, I think I wanted to tell the story, but I, I got to. I wanted to tell the part about me getting drunk, but I think I got too carried away about that part. I was like, oh, yeah. And I also lost my bridge. Oh, yeah. Oops. I forgot about that. <laughs> You know, because uh, I'm like I'm like on the phone. I'm looking at it like on my phone. I'm like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, <laughs> I'm <being recorded. laughs> yeah, I don't think she cares. All right, whatever. She, she probably has. It. She's probably married with kids now. You know? Yeah. Whatever you know, her talk, name was. Let's talk about what I do, and then just how I lost my virginity is like what. <laughs> <laughs> that's the pot everything goes anything goes anything and everything and hey you're the one who said hey you know i, I didn't get to tell my one story or yeah you're right you were trying to wrap it up <laughs> yeah. you're right, see? that's how people get in trouble exactly in trouble. all right so i'm gonna let you go before you think that happens <laughs> <laughs> well i got another tough i got another tough question to you oh, that okay just, that just came to me sure kind of tough question maybe tough maybe not tough if there was anything that you could honestly uh, forthright tell your father right now, what would you say to him? I'll go first. Because I, um, I did the pod with my dad. And if you listen to the pods with my sisters, we always complain about how, how insanely, I mean, my dad was a, he was a, you never really saw that side of my father. He was a brutal 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 dude brutal yeah. brutal like um and it, it was always a tale of a tale of two dads for all of yeah. us because yeah. when he was out with his friends it was always like everybody wanted to be his friend everybody wanted to know him everybody yeah, wanted to hang out with him so suave man your your dad was always he was always seemed the coolest to me he was always the, the coolest coolest, the coolest. He was the coolest guy i could ever imagine and then i he so he was a high school teacher so i would go to sometimes i would play tennis he would take me up to his school because his school had one of the top tennis teams in the state I would go and hang out with uh, all of his students. They'd be like, I love your dad. He's amazing. He's so cool. He treats us so well. He must be. They would always say the same thing. He must be amazing at home. <laughs> and in my head, I'd be like, if you only knew what a brutal dude this, this guy is, if you only knew, it would shock you. It would shock you. So, so in one sense, it was tough. 
um, because first I'm the oldest kid. I'm the oldest grandkid on my mother's side. I'm the oldest grandkid on my father's side. And so uh, there's, there's the expectation yeah. there. And then there's the fact that, you know, they're foreigners and they're immigrants. So the way they yeah. were raised is the way they're going to raise me. So exactly. beatings, beatings on a regular, whippings on a regular, um, it, the insult you, you know, disgrace you, embarrass you in front of your friends, embarrass you in public, like Ooh. all the, all the worst things. Ooh. Ooh, what's an embarrassing story? I, I know your mom has embarrassed you at some point. Um, it's 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 like beyond. Oh yeah, you don't know like, where to begin. Yeah. Oh, so so check me out. There was a there was I may have told this already on the pod. There was a McDonald's uh, down the street from us. And uh, we went into the McDonald's uh, at the time. I think Priscilla was born at the time. She was a baby. So we went to the McDonald's and my mom's about to get in line. It's the three of us. And she's like, hey, listen, I got to take your sisters to the bathroom. So stand in line. When it's your turn, order X, Y, and Z. All right, bet. Cool. She goes to the bathroom. A lady walks in with her two kids. And I, I don't know if she said you know are you online or she just cut me i don't i don't remember but mom comes out of the bathroom she's like eh, who is this lady <laughs> i'm like oh well you know i was gonna say, listen to me and scream, i'm talking screaming listen to me we killed every single white person in haiti every single one so how can you let these white people walk all over you? Oh my god! Yeah, this this lady, she didn't play. It was always that was always in with her. It was like even though Haiti is like the poorest nation in the Western world, she's gonna let you know. Like, I mean, oh, I we mean, are the most. Yeah, we are the first independent black nation in the world. So, and we killed everybody yeah. <laughs> and we didn't leave any survivors on the island so how are you gonna let anybody walk all over you you're free we are free your grandfather was free your great-grandfather was free so guess what yeah yeah so that was it was embarrassing it was either embarrassing like that or is embarrassing like you do something like you're playing around in the mall and she don't like it and snatch you up and, and whoop your whoop your ass um, type of thing but yeah so my dad was brutal he was a brutal brutal dude uh, he wasn't the type to really whip you out in public. That was my mom's thing. But if he said, wait till we get home, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I harbored, like, I was angry growing up. Resentful, harbored a lot of resentment and stuff. But so now it's funny. Now that I'm a father, I'm married, I'm a father, I have kids. It's mm. funny, all those lessons that you learn from watching your father act the way he acted you know you can take the good and the bad so i, I don't hit my kids i don't lay a hand on them but there's yeah. some things that my dad did that used to scare the shit out of me and i employed those same things with my own children mm -hmm. so so i thank him for that you know but it, it you know it, it took 35 years to to understand that or to get i mean you get perspective about it and now yeah. Now that I have the perspective and now that I'm in the, the game that he was in, it makes a lot more sense now. But at the time, when you're mm. six years old, five years old, you're like, dude, I just want a hug. Can you just <laughs> yeah. say, I love you once and give me a hug? Does that exist? Yeah. And that was from both of them, too, because that never, you know, 
with my mother either. There was never hugs. There was never kisses. There was never any I love you. The first time she said I love you, I think I was like 35. So, mm, okay. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, back to you. So what would you tell your dad? Do you harbor any bad ill will t- towards him? Bad feelings? I mean, be honest. You know, honestly, for a while, I didn't. It's just up until you know, you know, up until recently, it's like you hear some like deep dark, deep dark family secrets and stuff, mm-hmm. and it just changes your whole perspective on a lot of people, right? And just like how I how I view myself, like morally, I just can't. You know, I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I enjoy like my cousins, you know, but as far as like, you know, um, like my father and certain members of his family, I just can't, you know, I I just don't really want to, I don't know, talk to them for the most part. Mm. I don't think I have any, you know, I'm grateful, you know, that I'm here, you know, so I got to eternally thank my father for that, you know, um, learn some things along the way, but Anything that I'd like to ask him? Um, I, I don't, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think so. Wow. Yeah, there's nothing. I don't think there's something that I need to ask him to have me closure on. Hmm. I don't think there's something that. That's um, so interesting that. You know, my dad was around all like we saw him all the time. But in that, there were always questions like like I said, up until I was thirty-five. I would always be like, Why why didn't you? Why X? Why this? Why that? And there would be so much like again, frustration and and it wasn't like misplaced either. It would it would be it would be if I didn't have confirmation from my sisters who were thinking the same things, right? <laughs> who, were, who maybe still think the same things or, or blame, they may blame certain aspects yeah. of their own life. You know, the reason I mean, why they're, this, this has happened to them in their life or they're experiencing X, Y, and Z. They, they may blame him for that, you know? Well, for me, it's like, I know, like, you know, I, I love mom and mom has made so many great decisions that, you know, at a certain point, you know, I realized that us not being with dad, you know, it's probably for a good reason because mom, you know, I'm like, you know, we grew up, we, we see all these things every day. Like we're going skiing, we're traveling, we're doing all these things that, you know, people aren't doing like every day. Right. And for, for my mom to reject our father, you know, for whatever reason, for them not to be together must be with good reason. Mm-hmm. you know so like I, I never i don't know why i never really questioned at a good age i never asked i remember i asked my mom and the response was like uh didn't didn't keep his promises you know yeah. my I mom was that. always she was always big on do your best and keep your promises mm-hmm. and that she would always tell us that you know do your best and keep your promises she bet like you said my mom was so loving and you know i, I guess i you know at times i do take it for granted because you know like so like i never like mom was always consistent that's like another thing too i take for granted when it was a yes it was always a yes i was never confused and it was a no it was a no and it wasn't budging so like at at a certain point i know my mom says no it's a no like i can't there's no there's no 
if mm-hmm. Sandra Bush just let it go. But if it's a yes, it's going to happen. It may not happen right now, but I know based off of mom's track record, it's just going to happen. Huh. So that's why it's like weird. Like I sometimes say my mom is kind of like a saint slash like, like kingpin in a way, you know, because <laughs> it's like she will like, she'll give you all the faith in the world. She'll trust you. You know, the one you give her one like minuscule of distrust and it's like over, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know, that's, that's it. You know, like the, yeah it's all gone like the the network is is taken away and, and i i respect that you know what i mean like the, the net, like, it's like so that. ill listening to this and Yo, to guess hear... what guess what my mom told a story you want to hear a story that she told yeah you? before you him. tell the story because i my memory is shitty and i'll forget it's so funny how alike the sisters are because i i don't know this side of your mother but to hear that she'll, oh, she'll cut you, you off know, and then cut you off forever packages to all my like my mom will send care packages to all my friends so then so now my friends will be like yo how's your mom doing so now i'm like i gotta check up on my mom because you know what i mean because my mom yeah. is like holding my friends down you know send, send them happy birthdays and things like that yeah and i'm like you That's so mean? funny. I have a card actually on my desk right now that I'm going to open. It's from Magdalene Dujay. Guess who sent it to you? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> my mom's up. She's a, see what I'm saying? She keeps you. This you know, chick, I told this chick, she's still writing me checks, yo. Exactly. I told, I told her five years ago. like five boss. years ago. She's I was like, listen, boss. don't be writing me any more checks. I don't need checks from you. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, she's a mob boss and she's a saint at the same time. She, oh, she will never forget your birthday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wanted to wish you the best in health, wealth, happiness, and joy. Wanted to tell you how amazed I am of the man you've become. I'm so proud to call you nephew. Keep up the great work. Love you, love you. The best. The best. Well, that's going to the the children's children's (laughs) college fund. (laughs) Nice. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, man, the best. The so my best. mom, my mom told me this one time she had to pick you up from uh, Trenton State or TCNJ or whatever because mm-hmm. uh, you may have something may have happened to your clothes. <coughs> Pardon me. Hmm. You remember the story? I do not remember. You were washing clothes, and you went back to your dorm room or something, or you went away, and then you came back and all your clothes were gone. And uh, yes. you, and then you were, you didn't want to tell your parents, and you guess who you called? Yep, she was closer too. Trenton, uh, to, Trenton to Mountain Laurel. <laughs> it's only like forty five mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> and then I don't, you know, that's that's pretty much the gist of the story. She like helped you out and stuff. Yep, 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 yep. That is your mother. How come you didn't call Judy or like Fofo or anything like that? Ah, uh, again, close proximity. Yeah, yeah, proximity. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm t- I'm tight with all all the ants. I could I could call on, and they've all called called me as well. Um, mm-hmm. for if they need help, they they know they can always call me. So yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, she was the closest. That definitely. All right, man. I gotta let me just let you go, man. We could talk for hours. I Why not? What's wrong with talking? Everybody likes oh, to we, talk. Oh, I wasn't What's sure. the big oh, deal? Well, so so this is the thing too. Now I've I've found out or I've been told that I need to um I need to do more editing for my pods so that you cut out a lot of the like ums and the ahs and the, all the empty space and make the pod a little bit shorter. 
So now I, I realize, you know, what's the rush? I can I can always cut it down and and cut oh, okay. cut chunks. I I don't ever want to cut out. Um, yeah. any stories. I always hate that when somebody asks me, hey, can you cut this out? I don't want to talk about that. No, nah, everything goes there, but I do want to edit it and make it like a little bit cleaner. You know what I mean? There's only one time my dad told this crazy story and he was like, you got to cut that out. That's going to put some people in danger. So, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, I'll tell you that one uh, some other time. Yeah, yeah bananas. 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 Yeah, they, it's amazing that we're here, you and me. When you listen to, I mean, just on our mother's side, the stories that they had, it, it's it's incredible that, yeah. that that we're alive. It really I, was talking, you, I mean, you should probably, when you talk to my mom, but she has a very inter- interesting story when she first met uh, La Mer. Mm-hmm. And you should definitely let her tell you, because I don't want to take that from her. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to get all the cousins. Cause it's, so it's interesting. What I'm curious to know is, you know, I'm 100% immigrant, right? So, yeah. so I have a certain history. And so there's a few of us, like um, the Reed brothers, you know, those are our, our cousins, like yeah. my, my mother and uh, their mother. Their mother basically brought my mother to the States. Yeah, and so their mother is almost ten years older than my mom, and those, yeah. So they, I'm curious to hear what their life was like growing up, if they had a similar experience to me, you know. And then you have guys like you that are half half Haitian, half American, like uh, you know Reggie and Joey. What what it was like having an American mother, you know, growing up with a Haitian father. But you guys, but the thing is, they grew up in North Jersey. You guys had more people of color. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like yeah, there, was, there was that. Like I was in the Boy Scouts. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was <laughs> bows and arrows and going canoeing and camping and kayaking and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> but you also maybe were more uh, exposed to Black America than than I was, maybe. With your I father's mean, the father's side of the family, right? Oh, yeah, Carol, I mean, or Carol, and all those folks. Yeah, I mean, cause like, yeah, you know, like the like the real like. I mean, well, like, you know, yeah, exactly, yeah, like, yeah, and also my mom was like uh, date, dating this guy Mark for a really long time, yeah. so like his family was definitely exposed us to like um, that, at least in South Jersey and that whole Philly area. Mm-hmm. I went to the club once with Mark. May he rest in peace. I went to the club oh, yeah. once. Your, your oh, yeah. mom, I think I must have been like 22, barely out of college. They took me to a club in Philly one night, and he had a ball. Get out of here. Tell me this story. Man. Oh, man. No, it was just like, it was It was just cool to just go and hang out with your mom and, and be, be at the club, music pumping, everybody drinking, having a good time. Yeah. And that's back when Mark... Mark's health was still relatively good. Yeah. So he, he reminded me a lot of uh, of Rico, Rico Duget. You know, yeah. suave guy, good looking, you know, <laughs> like to party, like to dance. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Ah, those were the good old days. I don't go out anymore. You yeah. still go out at all? Not really. Just doing concerts, you know. I'm just, I just do concerts, if you will, like. You know, I saw Slum Village not too long ago. I was going to see Gucci Man, but I'm just uh, I mean, what else did I see? Gold Link recently. Went to Afropunk. 
I do Erica. not know any of these people <laughs> so far. Erica, Erica my dude. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kay Trinata. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now we're now, now we're getting to it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I am I. What concerts I had been to in the past? I mean, I'm really trying to see Buster Rhymes. Wow. Tour. I'm really trying to see him if I can. Wow. Buster Bus. That's someone that's on my like buddy list. You should really check good. out. There's a. We are going to wrap this up because I like to get to bed at a reasonable time since these kids get up at 6.30. You have to check out uh, a couple of um, there's a couple of documentaries that you, you should definitely check out. So you put me on to the author, Octavia E. Butler. Yeah. I'm going to check out, maybe download a couple of her, her audiobooks and check it out that way. Octavia E. Butler. But so there's a couple of podcasts that you, that podcast, a couple of um, documentaries that you have to check out. One is called Stretch and Bobito. Do you have Netflix? Yeah, but I'm not, you know, I really try to stay far away from it. I mean, I'm going to watch Ethics for Family because it's like, you know, I listen to Bill Burr. Nice. (laughs) Bill Burr is like, he could do a one person podcast like very well. Like, I don't know what it is. He mastered the art of talking to himself. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's an amazing thing. Very few people can pull that off. Yeah. You know, I hate these people. He's just yeah. <laughs> he's he another Chris O'Neill type. He's another Boston yeah. comic. Yeah, those guys are amazing. But yeah, so two um, documentaries. The first one is called Stretch and Bobito. Okay. You got to check it out. Stretch and Bobby do it. It was a uh, radio show uh, back in the late 80s, I think, and 90s. It was, they are, I think they were NYU students. So it was the radio station at NYU. And this was back when rap was just starting to blow up. So these guys, like Busta and uh, Biggie and and Nas, they couldn't get any radio play on on standard, you know, 98.7, 97.1. They yeah. couldn't get any radio play on those traditional radio stations. So they would slide up to, to Stretch and Bobito's radio show, and uh, they would be the ones that would put them on for the first time. So they have all this history and stuff. So one of the scenes is Buster Rhymes talking about how how he would, before he got on the show, like before he even started rapping, he would make tapes. He would make mixtapes, like cassette tapes from Stretch and Bobito. He was like, yo, I used to make these tapes from Stretch and Bobito. I would be cutting these things up. That was drug money, B. (laughs) He would sell it at school (laughs) for drug use. Like, that was drugs, B. (laughs) Hilarious. So that's one. The other one is... um, Quincy. There's a documentary about uh, Quincy Jones that his daughter did that's on Netflix, or was on Netflix. Oh, Rashida did it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Rashida. Okay. So she did it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's very, very good. It talks about his coming up, and I didn't realize he was a jazz musician, played the trumpet. And, uh, oh, word. Yeah, like, and was very, very, very good, very well known, and I guess had like an aneurysm in, or something, and his doctor was like, you, you play the trumpet anymore, it might kill you. So then he, he started becoming an arranger and a composer. and He linked up with uh, Sinatra. And then it went off from there. Yeah, so yeah. It's just crazy because he's 80, 80-something 80 yeah. now. So like 
there's one scene where he's like calling Colin Powell on the phone. He's like, Colin, I'm turning 80. I need you for my birthday, baby. You got to be there, baby. <laughs> and you can hear Colin Powell kind of like, you can't hear what he's saying, but it's kind of like, I don't know. And he's, listen, listen, Colin, baby. I got Tommy. Tommy's going to introduce you. He's talking about Tom Hanks. He's like, Tommy's going to be there. Tommy's going to be there. Oprah's going to be there. They're all going to be there, baby. I need you there. He's just like crazy name dropping everybody. <laughs> So amazing. Did he have like an expose recently where he's like talking about like all these old Hollywood Ooh, secrets? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, forgot, I forgot who he exposed. He was like someone like I, I, I think it was maybe I think everyone knew about Richard Pryor, but I feel like it was someone else he like exposed for like being like super out there and like this person can get it at it. This person was just handing out everyone, and then this person was doing this. Everyone yeah, was, Yo. I, think it, I think you're right. It was Richard. Was it Richard Pryor? He was talking about how he was, um, he would would mess around with. It was him and somebody else would mess yeah. around with guys, and it yeah. was like um, Marlon Brando, was it? Yes, Marlon Brando. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, was and he like, was like, "Godfather, why are you doing this?" To us? Yeah, yeah, and he was like, uh, you know, it's Marlon Brando. Every everybody's gonna mess around. It didn't matter who yeah. it was. They're yeah. Gonna mess around with them. But he was also talking about the he had some deep dark secrets about the Clintons, and there was also oh he talked about the Beatles, and he yeah. was like oh the Beatles are garbage, yeah, <laughs> and he was talking about I don't remember uh, Pete Best I don't remember one of the it was the drummer or one of the. Yeah, I think it was the drummer, and he wasn't getting the song right. And they said, "Hey, why don't you go out for some fish and chips and some beer, and just come back in a couple hours? We'll see if we can figure something out." And then Quincy Jones called like a, a jazz drummer to come in, and they're like, "Hey, we, we need you to do X, Y, and Z." He was like, "Oh, I can do that in two seconds." So they lay down the track, yeah. and then and then the drummer comes back, and they play it for him. He's like, "Oh man, that sounds pretty good." <laughs> Quincy's like, "Yeah, it sounds good because it wasn't you, fool." Uh, well, <laughs> well, my cousin, brother from another mother, it yeah, has man. been wonderful. I want to do this again. Yeah, man. Whenever you have a chance. Yeah, man. We should just record all our conversations. Yeah, I was actually thinking about doing It's so crazy. <laughs> now that I've started this, I'll have these conversations on the phone with people on every time. I'm like, I should be recording this. This is, re this is ridiculous what this person is saying right now. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. So yeah. good. So good. I'm, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. We should do it next time. Anytime. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I would, I would prefer to do it face to face. So whenever you're up here. Well, I mean, it. I'm going to be up there the weekend of the 21st, but you know, I got to leave the 26th. Oh, right, right, right. So, like, I mean, I don't know your Christmas plans are. We're around. Who's wait? So who do you come up and see? Marielle has a condo on Mount Laurel, so. Oh right, 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 right. Town. So I mean, at the end of the day, I can I can crash at any of my friends' parents. Like they, I've had the same friends since I was six years old. Wow. So, so like I can go to any one of their houses, and it was all made because of Boy Scouts, honestly, in the neighborhood. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's actually it's so I I think I, maybe I'm lucky, but like I can all their like. Two of them got married, and their parents, like my mom, got an invite to their, their one of, one of their weddings. Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah. Well, before we go, so you you were talking about writing before. What do you when you do write? What do you write about? Is it poetry? Is it short stories? What do you write? About? Um, 
mostly mostly short stories like centered around like like sci-fi and uh or just like essays about just like observations that mm -hmm. I, that i see and then you know that i want to maybe think about more just put my thoughts down so they're more like journal entries if you will that's why i kind of like if i want you to read it i can maybe i'll call it an essay but like it's more like journal stuff mm. and then all these things are they basically on a on a notebook are they on a computer somewhere yeah. so it's, it's it's a little bit of both like if i really like i'm really like like you know what i can get i can get jiggy with this i can maybe if i type it up i'll add it'll add another dimension to it mm. and then you know, then I'm more likely to share it once I type it. So I always wonder, because you see me, yeah. look at me. I'm 15 years older than you. I got yeah. a job that's like 50 plus hours a week, 60 hours a week. Yeah. Got the kids, got the marriage, got yeah. stuff to do on the weekend. But I'll be damned if I don't find some time to do a pod. So yeah. let me ask, what keeps you from getting getting all that writing and putting it out there and sharing it and putting it up somewhere because it's so easy now to create a blog and just throw all this stuff out, out there what keeps you from doing that you know sometimes sometimes it's just reading other people's work sometimes it's you know like i could have like the basketball or soccer highlights going on in the background as i'm working on it as I do when I do other stuff, but then, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I find myself just reading about other stuff, like reading other people's stuff. Right. Yeah. So that's like the, that's like the biggest thing. It's like, um, I think I'm just, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm more stuck on <laughs> just reading other people's stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I go, just this, what I think about it, it's like, dang, I'm just, now I think about, it, I'm just like reading other mm -hmm. things. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's like uh, that's always my goal is to, at least for me, is to um, to to consume, but to also produce. So okay. maybe that's like my last little parting yeah. gift to you is to try and produce more, try and to put more of your stuff out I mean, there, even if I mean, you feel like it's garbage, even if you feel like it needs work, because you've you've heard you've heard my pods, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, like the first pod, there's improvement, but yeah. I mean, that's why. I, I mean, that's why I talked about this whole carpentry thing. So I like the fact that you know something breaks, I can fix it, but also I can make stuff as well. Like mm. you know, like I can, like things can be like become tangible. You know, I like you. I, like I can always like I can I, I you know like I've you know, I don't know. That's like the one thing I feel like that could be like the ultimate for me so we talked about like waking up in a day like i'm gonna work on a project like whether it be like you know ideally you know like build a crib in haiti you know that'd be awesome you know mm -hmm. to like put the time in to just work on it every single day you know earn the work on the skills the materials work with the people to build it you know you know what i'm saying just like every day you know like that would be awesome like a hand in building my own crib mm. so that sounds interesting but when i listen to you it doesn't you, there's not the passion and the fire when you talk about carpentry as there is when you were talking about science fiction and about writing. So that's why I, I mean, said. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, there's so many different outlets, you know? Yeah. 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 But there's, there's definitely more fire when it, when you talked about writing and how yeah. you like writing and how you like science fiction, mm -hmm. there's, there's fire there. 
So stoke the fire, dude. Just like I always tell you, cut that tree. Yeah, you're right. Every Send day. Me all, those, all those pictures. <laughs> you gotta cut the tree. I was like, I was gotta, like how many tree cutting pictures are there? There's a there's a billion. I gotta I gotta remember to keep sending you girls. Because yeah. in the end, that's the one good thing that you have when you look at me is you see like, oh, that's like 15 years from now. That could potentially yeah, right. be something that I'm doing. So what I was trying to impart onto everybody who's younger than me is to like get with it right now because you only have so much time and you only have so much energy there. And when you're younger, like I feel now at 42 compared to the way I felt when I was 27. You know, man, every time I talk to you and you ask me how old I am, you're always like, wow. It's shocking to me. (laughs) It's shocking to me that we're coming. I'm shocked that I have like a grown ass oh. cousin like me. <laughs> I mean, well, my sister's 12 years younger than me. That's shocking in itself. But yeah. I mean, not just you, but I have cousins that are 35 years younger than me. That's so crazy to yeah. me. It's insane. <laughs> it's like they weren't around when my grandmother, like they, they came after my grandmother died. That's how Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. So keep chopping that tree any final words that you would like to <laughs> say to any of the uh, listeners uh i just want to apologize to uh that girl that took my virginity <laughs> no nah, i mean i think i want to thank her you know no hard feelings um, no but um uh you know i had i had fond memories of our our grandmother um you know just like her just Anytime I try to lift the the rice pot, her getting mad at me, you know, uh, her just enjoying her lonely recipes and stuff like that. Like, uh, just, I don't know, just always being so happy. And just just her, like, you know, I remember my mom, (laughs) sorry, last story. Uh, We were raised Catholic, right? Yeah. So when uh, La Mer developed Alzheimer's, right, my mom was like, well, you know, it was the biggest thing for La Mer that, you know, all of her grandkids are raised Catholic, according to my mom, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, since she developed Alzheimer's, my mom is like, well, you guys don't, you guys don't want to go to church anymore. <laughs> and my sister and I were like, of course not. We don't want to go to church anymore. Of course not. We don't want to go to church anymore. So she was like, all right, we got to go to church anymore. We were like, yes. I just want to thank my grandmother's Alzheimer's. <laughs> but helping my cousins not have to go to church anymore. Yeah, so yeah, so that was it. That was it. I was like, I had this memory the other day. This is my final thought. I'm tired. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had this. I had this memory the other day of uh, lying. So in her apartment, she had two bedrooms, right? Yeah. So I had this memory of just the other day at work. I was sitting there. It's interesting how, like, a memory can take you to a place and put you in a state of, like, peace, right? Yeah, yeah. She had this this uh, guest room, room, and it had bunk beds in it. And I remember the memory was of me laying in the bunk beds and looking. There were two doors in the room, if you remember, right? There was, like, the door leading to the dining room, and then there was a door leading to the hallway to the bathroom. So I was looking out. I was laying in bed and I'm looking at the uh, 
at the what you warming up right now? <laughs> Let me tell you this heartwarming story where you warm up that burrito, <laughs> fucking kid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool story. Cool, 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 cool. I like you know I like to eat food um before midnight because if I eat um after eleven fifty nine. Sometimes I get these crazy wild dreams. Yeah. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Burritos, um, for the most part, should be warmed up um, like 90 to 93 seconds. I don't like to put in, I really don't like to put in um, two minutes. Um, or I don't like Yo, to man, look. I, I was just my bad. I was just getting up some food. I was gonna eat earlier, but you know, my stomach was starting to make noises. My bad. <laughs> so anyway, I had a memory about my grandmother's place, and it was very yeah. Nice. No, I was listening about the two doors, and you're you're just laying down in the room. I was definitely listening. I know what room you're talk I know what room you're talking about. It's not the one, not La Mer's room. It's the other room that Judy used to stay in, sleep yep, in yep. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I had that. I, it's so funny, and I, I just had another another memory. There's a there was a closet in the room, and for whatever reason, when I was very little, I used to go into the closet and close the door, the door. and like search around and see if I could find hidden treasure in there. All those crazy memories. So, let me ask you something. When you go to Taco Bell, right, right, you eat something, but then you got the leftover. The key to that leftover. I want you to <laughs> listen to me, son. I need you to key in on this. This is some gold shit right here. You take the burrito gun, you wrap it in tinfoil, and you throw it in the freezer. <laughs> the freezer, kid. That's actually the uh, last tip for all the listeners. The best way to eat pizza, if you have a cold a cold pizza eating idiot. A lot of people like to eat pizza cold. That's disgusting. Me too. I so you too. Do, see, most people, black people don't like cold food. I don't know if you knew that or not. I knew that. But, oh, I just got another question I got to ask you. But before that, um, the key for pizza is once you're done with the pizza that night, mm-hmm. you take it, grab tinfoil, Wrap the pizza slices in the tin foil individually and you throw them in the oven. How many times you gotta rewarm this thing? What is this thing that you're warming up? Yo, chill, 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 chill. <laughs> Can't wait for my friends to listen to this. <laughs> wait, I thought you said no one was listening. <laughs> I can't wait for these seven people to be so pissed <laughs> listening oh, to this. I know. I hope, I hope they're like, wow, we sat through this kid. Microwave something? <laughs> yeah. Pizza, wrap it up, foil, throw it in the freezer. Oh, yeah. The yeah, next no, day, I, I, I'm the-, the next day, you take it out of the freezer, you unwrap it on the foil, you lay the foil flat, and you put it in the toaster oven, and it tastes better than it did the previous day. Really? Yes. Yes, son. Yes. I'll give that a shot. I'll give it a shot. Last question. Why are black people such terrible tippers? Uh, you know, I don't know how to answer that. 
I tip 20% maybe because I used to, you know, do a little serving, a little bartending, so I, I just do it. So maybe if they haven't, maybe they haven't had that experience, they'd be working in mm -hmm. food service. Maybe that's an experience or some people are just hard to please. <laughs> Everybody. But maybe. also it's like, you know, cook your goddamn own food if you really just want to be out here in particular like this. You know what I mean? Mm. That's how I feel. Like, if you're really going to be out here just hating on a person, you know, make it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yep, yep. Indeed. And on that note, I would like yeah. to thank you very much. I think this was a three-hour pod between the uh, interruption with my daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I didn't know the time flew by. I can't believe it's so late. It's almost midnight. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. Kind, sir. Thank you very much. Been a I pleasure. Hope, I hope uh, somehow we can see your sister and you during the holidays. We saw you guys last year. That was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can happen again. Oh, Somebody yeah. Priscilla was in town last year, right? Yes. Yes, she was. Oh, yeah. Weren't we playing a game? We are playing that. Have you introduced anyone else to contact since I introduced it to you? We did. We did play it a couple more times since then. We had that other game, too, the card game where you can only say the one word, remember? Yeah. 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 So we've been playing that a lot as well. Still, good times. Good times, young David. Mm -hmm. All right. Enjoy that burrito. <laughs> Have a good night. Later. And we will talk soon. Take care, my brother. You as well. Bye bye. <laughs>